Yeah, man, so I start looking out the window. I see gun store, gun store, liquor store, gun store. Where the fuck are you taking? Yeah, that OG shit ain't yeah. We got to trust the dog. We're back from a long hiatus, Bones. We've been away, and you know what? I haven't felt just like a bad feeling in my in my heart because we were missing our listeners. We were missing you guys. Welcome back, ladies and gents. The big takes, Dick and Bones, episode twenty six, number twenty six. We passed the ha- the quarter century mark, and we're going into uncharted territory. Uncharted territories. Again, apologize for the hiatus. Uh, we took a little yeshiva intercession break. Dick went to. Uh, Took his talents to California. Palm Springs. Enrique went Nevada. to Aruba to find his wife. Uh, but we're back. And tonight, yep. we have a very special guest. You know, we were talking about, um, you know, who, which people that we know are just interesting people that have interesting stories that can add value to the conversation. And the guy we spoke about was none other than our good friend, David Azar. Welcome to the show. Hey, 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 hi. Hi, listeners. <laughs> so, David, so, quite yeah. the intro up there. <laughs> but you're quite a big fan of the show. Well, you're a big fan of the show, you told us. Long time listener, first time caller. Um, yeah. So, have I, you ever called into a radio show? Yes. Oh, shit. Yes, tell, me, tell me that story. Okay, so uh, Joe Ben and I were in deal, I forgot what summer it was like, senior year or something, or the year after, and we were just driving around listening to music. And I don't know if you guys know the, the channel The Rat. 98.3 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that so from Parks and Rec? No, no. Oh, that's the douche. Yeah. That's the douche. Okay, it's yeah, like so. a Jersey, like, hard rock. Yeah, play rock. Like, hard rock channel. So we called that station in at, like, 2 a.m. And we went there, actually. We drove all what the, the way there. So we were like... We were just, like, driving down Main Street, and then we were like... Imagine that. This is the radio. Yo, I don't want to call in. I want to fucking go there. We're driving. We drove like half hour south on like Main Street or whatever, and then I don't know where we saw this big sign, the Rat, and we we're like, "Fuck, is that the Rat like music station?" We were listening to it at that moment. Oh, awesome! So we pull over, we start knocking on the door. There's like one person in the place. He's like, he's, what, he, what, "All what? he's doing is pressing play on the <laughs> songs. Like he doesn't give a shit." <laughs> what the fuck are you guys doing? Oh, we want to put in a request. So we put in a request. We asked for. Are you gonna like break them or something? Like <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Two minutes to midnight by Iron Maiden. Nice. I think it was. Did you press the button yourself? To okay, with that said, yeah. I want to thank Hi. David Azer for joining. And today's topic, the topics for today's <laughs> podcast. See, that is a first impression there. Are all about the unappreciated areas of our lives that add value. So things like art, right? Things like music. Things like performing. Most things of, like memes. Most importantly, yeah. You know. Things like memes that bind our culture together. And then David's going to give us a little insight. He agreed uh, graciously to give us a little insight on a big challenge he had in his life and how he overcame it with memes. So we're talking about when I got kicked out of school? That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay, but before we get into the action, suspense going. <laughs> David is a big fan of the podcast, correct? A very big fan So you of know podcast. what we do at the beginning of each podcast. New we candy. We? Try a candy. Yes, sir. Okay, candy, candy time. time. My, Dick, favorite, what my favorite portion. Okay, so I tried the... Other version. I'll tell you, we got oh, super we got. sour Scandinavian swimmers. I first tried the Scandinavian swimmers from Trader Joe's, yep. and I was pleasantly surprised with how the texture was. All right, so I don't know up. if we did that, but then I saw the sour version. I'm like, oh, we got to try this for the show. Okay, so we got sour 
Super sour, sorry. Scandinavian yeah, don't, swimmers. Don't sell it short. Dave, you're a gummy guy or? I'm a very big gummy guy. What's your favorite? What's your number one? I love Trolley's um, sour worms, mm -hmm. but I like to open the bag and let them like marinate up. Oh, I did that for Swedish fish. Weeks. Okay, yeah, all right, fish. so we got super sour swimmers. I'm going with a, uh, we got a bunch, I got bunch a of colors. I got a dolphin. I'm going with the maroon starfish. Starfish, yeah. Starfish. I got a blue dolphin. Blue dolphin. I'm going for an orange. Cheers. Shell, I think. That's a shell. Is it a shell? It looks like a. Like a Wow. Like a dory. I know, right? This is excellent. Like a dory. Uh, what is a dory called? Texture is amazing. I don't yeah. Texture is amazing. Yeah. Ooh, Taste so, is amazing. It's a little sour. It's a hint of sour. I'm going to say something baked right now. Yeah. This is a top five candy. I, 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 this is a top I, five I, candy. I agree. I might agree. I it, might agree. 8.8. 8. Yeah, it's pretty good. Very good. What, but wait, are we rating it on a sour? It's all of the above. Is Danger it? scale. Okay. You could take every factor involved. But you gotta give one score. Nostalgia okay. scale. I'll give it an eight two. Wow. Oh, okay. Analysis. Yeah. Um. So it's got a very strong punch on the sour, mm -hmm. which is nice. It hits sort of like the back of the jaw without necessarily locking it. Mm, wow. And you get a little bit of that like love, you want you want to pucker, but like it's not strong enough like a warhead it's where you're not, like yeah, oh. not that strong. Yeah. Dick, what do you got? Um, wait, I have a question for Dave. Follow yeah. Up, follow question. What would you rate the slightly stale? Trolley worms. Oh, okay, I mean, you're talking about one of my favorites. That's, That's wild, probably curious. an eight, Ooh. nine so when nothing it's at breaks, its perfect. Nothing, so breaks, nothing a makes, nine. breaks a nine for you? I mean, you gotta be Sorry pretty special that. to break a nine. Really All right. I, I'm, a, yeah. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a tough review. Dick, your number was? Nine one. Nine one yeah. breaks nine, the nine. Wow. That's a review, top five. <clears throat> so right now my top five kind of just will blend in and out. Yep. But I would choose these over a Sour Batch Watermelon if I, I'm feeling the mood. Huh. Are you are you saying it gets the number one spot? No, I'm, I, I'm saying it's fluid. Uh, okay. The top so, five is fluid. Like, so like much we'll of our society the top five. Right. is fluid. <laughs> okay, with that said, we are moving in to the first topic of the podcast. And this we mentioned a bad it. idea. This bag is too full. I'm going to eat the whole thing. <laughs> we mentioned it at the intro. We're talking about something that binds us as people. And Dick mentioned that whenever he was on Facebook and... Isaac Bruce Wayne Mame is going to be a key uh, character in the we story. We him on the show at some point. He is a memeologist, as they say. Over 100 memes shared a day as his stats. And Supposedly he makes original content, too. Which Potential. I know. But really? Let me just, yeah. just introduce. I asked him once. He's like, yeah, some of them I make myself. Let me just introduce. Dick was talking, about, Sorry, Dick was talking yeah. about how whenever he likes Isaac Bruce Wayne's memes, which are a variety of topics, very, very diverse, he always looks at who else likes the photo, and guess who likes it? Mr. David Azar. It was, it was sure actually it the opposite, because I like the more risque and, and racy ones that most people kind of, except for Isaac Bruce maybe, are a little scared to get involved in. Dave sees it, and sometimes, I think sometimes, it causes him to like it as well. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so David, here's the question. What, what do you consider to be, what do you, what yeah, do you okay, consider yeah. to be a meme? What do you mean? What do you consider to be a meme? <laughs> a meme is a single, quick sort of image or it's something that's perceptible within like a split second where you know the fundamental underlying meaning of it. So like, like everything? I mean, yeah. Um, I pulled up the definition of it. Uh, yeah. I think you have it in front of you. Oh, here we go. So a meme yeah. is an idea, a behavior or a style that spreads by means of imitation from person to person within a culture, often with the aim of conveying a particular phenomenon, theme, or meaning represented by the meme. That was adjacent. So I think our current memes kind of switch a little bit because they convey a message but every time has a little spin on it. Right? Yeah. So the original image and, and like line under it are so far from uh, what it results in 
that you would not even be able to trace it back. Like, you're like, wait, how did that mean? That does not exactly what I was trying to say. But you get it. As a viewer, you get it, right? You get the new, like, the new one, the idea keeps molding and changing, which is kind of cool because it, it could, the meme that meant one thing, uh, uh, the, the first day, two months later, it could mean Something some else. totally. Let me ask you, Dave, what was the first, like, meme you, you, like, remember? When do you think it started? That's a tough one. <sighs> That's first very meme. tough. I mean. What's a meme? Does it, like, an image of meme? I feel like we use that right now. Yeah, like, well, the way that I think of memes, I think of where it first started sort of at the very turn of, like, the decade when it came into the teens. The tens and, and I'm teens. thinking strictly Facebook right now. Like, I don't, I don't see memes anywhere else. I, I've been Instagram on Reddit for a while. Reddit. Yeah, I mean, it started with all the forums like 4chan and uh, yeah, um, Reddit's big for memes. I like, can just go on the homepage and you'll see a bunch of memes uh, um, there. So, Facebook is was actually late to the game, Facebook and Instagram, but now they continue to carry it. It feels like right for sure. Yeah, Facebook's definitely a, a, there's blah, 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 a thousand places at once. All right, well, the beginning of memes, I'm thinking That's stuff be fun like to listen to one and a half ago. <laughs> 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 Fucking Super Bowl. <laughs> I can't believe she actually did that. That's fucking That's crazy. so weird. What was... What compels you to... <laughs> no, I think it was like... Okay. biggest thing. Right, no, no. That, oh. that was a... That was that's a, a meme. meme. Immediately. Oh, that was a meme. Okay, yeah. so we watched so, the Super Bowl. Is there a difference between meme and a gif? That's a gif. Well, a gif no, they did both. They did both. Oh, okay. They did both. Yeah. 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 So, we were, we were watching the Super Bowl, and, and uh, Shakira comes on, and then does the blah, 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 blah thing, okay. and if those who do not know, we're, we're flicking our tongue uh, <laughs> outside our mouth. That we said at the time, we're like, that's a meme. That's gonna be a meme. That, right. That's a meme. How fast I looked on Instagram when I went to piss right after the halftime show, already all over the place. Amazing. It, it, they you they take it. a piece of the culture and fucking throw it at your face immediately. So it's all sarcasm? Is it sarcasm driven? Is it trying to make it fun of? It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be, but I think that's definitely a strong proponent of it. Right. Self deprecation. Yeah. So let's talk about the top memes. Yeah, let's talk not. about the top memes. Of the decade, right? Oh, that's turned, gonna be a tough list. We just made had the turn of the decade, 2020. So let's talk about your favorite memes over the years. What do you oh, What do you got, one. Dick? What do you got? You know what? What, um, what I What I like. First off, it has anything involved with like things I already like. Like ever see like a Rick and Morty or something like that uh, meme? I'm automatically gonna like it more. But my favorite is is um, Spy. Uh, what's uh, Spidey? Spice Adams. Behind oh. the tree in the oh. yellow suit, and he's all like, because it lends itself to so many fucking right. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of the cat, the girl yelling at the cat, whatever that's oh, like. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the what the you call it. all like more recent ones. Yeah, yeah. but give me your historical favorite, all time Historical favorite? favorite? I, I, so much thought. I'm just gonna go with at the moment, the, the, where it's like screenshotted of like, just cutting off the like oh, the, dirty the fake parts, porn, the, the fake porn. porn. That's Isaac Bruce like, who made me special. I love those. Oh, you always like that. I I, I stopped so liking give an example. them. Wait, what like, did they put instead of it? Um, they, should, they like, like a girl, works, like a girl like, like moaning, and you say when you find when a great reaching, deal, when you find a great deal at the supermarket or something, yeah. you find a good coupon. Like, that's a, that's the humor of it. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so big. Oh my god, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that watermelon. Like when I'm reaching into the Pringles can, it's like, oh my god, it's so deep. Or, uh-huh. or something. <laughs> okay, so obviously there are the legends of the game. You're talking Harambe. Rest in peace. Harambe was like for two years was was a. You're was talking a... hide the pain of Harold. Legend. That's the legend. The sad guy yeah, smiles. Oh, the sad guy. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, by yeah, way, yeah. That guy. Oh, first off, he had a really long run, and he had there wasn't just that one picture. He had a whole Multiple. line of pictures. He actually went for a photo shoot. It was shoot a photo shoot. After, yeah. after, Wait, after oh, it happened, he was a regular dude. He went to a photo shoot wow. to get more material dude, this for guy's, himself. Probably, this guy's a genius. I didn't know that was the case. Yeah. I'm sure he has a TED Talk. <laughs> well, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm listening to that immediately really? after no, this. No, he doesn't. 
That that's a like he became a meme with one picture, right. and he's like, I have this face. I could do. Everyone loves it. I'm gonna make market it. Thirty pictures. Let's talk about let's talk about memes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Let's talk about memes in marketing because obviously this is some of the most recognizable imagery on the planet, right? Along with the you say like how did advertisers use? Yeah, right. Exactly. So we know like the Coca Cola bear, right? We know certain images, and now we know Hyde Payne Harold. So how do we monetize this and market? Coca Cola made Santa Claus. Isn't that fucking crazy? Isn't that true? They they fabric. I mean, yes, it was like a legend everywhere, but they made the Santa Claus we know and love today. Let me ask you: If you were in a marketing position right now, how would you utilize a meme for for, for an ad? I don't know if I'd go memes, but or social ad, media ad, is big sorry, time. Yeah. Like when uh, I think it was like Wendy's or some shit, or all the fast food Twitter accounts started right. having a battle. Yeah, that becomes memes because people then screenshot it and just send it all around. You killed the Twitter game and you killed the meme game at the same time. So I feel like that tactic sure. is so smart. I don't know how they think of this shit. What do you got on this, Dave? <laughs> All right, good stuff. So, <laughs> we're we're going to finish this uh, topic off. And, and I thought something, something about this topic made me think about OK Boomer. Okay. No? So yeah. OK Boomer. I'm not a big fan of the OK Boomer. Not OK Boomer fan? I'm ever right. not. So, so it inspired me to go back to yesteryear and to come up with – I mean, Dave, you seem to me like, a, like an old soul. Are you? I've been described as such. <laughs> so I'm, I, I brought up a couple, I Googled a couple old school slings, phrases, and we're going to have a little one-on-one, Dick versus Dave. You're gonna, I'm going to say the phrase, you're going to have to tell me what it means, all right? Very oh, simple. Interesting, interesting. All right, here we go. We'll start with yeah, guess first. We'll start easy. We'll start easy. The dogs are barking. What does that mean? Like, like ugly people are... are no, it means your feet are hurting. The dogs. Oh, my like, dogs are barking. That's like old grandma thing to okay, say. Okay, Dick. Brick house. She's a brick house. She's a brick. House. What do you got? Uh, I don't know if she's fat. No, she has Thick. a she has a nice body. Yeah, like nice. Built like a brick house. All right. Well, I see. You, when, when you say it like that, it sounds like she's like a fucking brick house is sturdy and big. Not <laughs> no. not a good body. That's uh, no, all right, we'll do we'll do five each, and whoever whoever ends up with the most, if they get any, okay, will be yeah, the winner. That, that okay, totally Dave. Dave, I no idea what are bags of mystery? Well, I, bags? Where, where, where did you find this shit? <laughs> this where, is from the early 1900s. Bags. I'll give you a hand. It's a food. Oh my Dumplings. god. No idea. <laughs> Sausages. Okay, Dick. Oh what, is, what does the flub the dub mean? Oh, that's got to be like to clean the chimney or some shit like <laughs> it's that. To evade one's duty. Okay, Dave. What? <laughs> what? Is, <laughs> when would you even <laughs> say that? No, when would you even like? I flubbed the dub. Yeah, I, I avoided the dub. shitting. I don't. I've I've avoided my duty. Okay, Dave. Giggle mug means what? It's an adjective. Like a smiling face, like a like habitually smiling face. Dang, yeah. one point for Dave. That one is, was easy. pretty so damn easy. Yeah. Okay, uh-huh. this one should be easy for you as well. Okay. What is a pretzel bender? A very flexible person. No, it's someone who drinks too much. Uh, who drinks too much? It's someone who's like a drunk. How? <laughs> how is that an easy one? But it's also. <laughs> let me ask. How is that an easy? It's one? also a player. A pretzel bender was somebody who drinks too much. It's also. Bones. It's also. What, what it's also a player okay. of the French horn. Uh, okay, Dave. Oh my god! Your, your sauce box is what? Sauce box? Yeah, it's a, It's on your body. I think. Mouth. Yeah, it's mouth. mouth. Correct. Mouth, Dang, two points for David Azar. Here yeah. we go. You give him really easy ones. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like spell anomatopoeia. <laughs> spell dog. Okay, Dave. What is it to have your flag out? Your flag uh, to show your party lines. Oh, fuck, no fucking the idea. Hell? That, I mean, Any that's something there? that feels like it's been used. No. For however long. Okay. That's it, means, it, means, it means you're drunk. Okay. 
Dick. I mean, uh, Dave. I guess I got all the drunk ones. I just say drunk Dave, dicks, what does hump the swag mean? <laughs> hump the swag. What's it mean? I, I have no idea. Take a guess. To Can be you cool. Give, to be cool. Can you give me, like, a time period of when this might have come from? I don't from? know. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't mean what you think it is, so just say what you think it is. Okay, it's like... Go after someone cool, like, in a sexual way. Oh, okay. Like it means pers- carry luggage on your back. Yeah. Well, I- <laughs> okay. okay, last one for both of you. Dick's got to get both of these right. Okay, sure. What does whatever. it mean to be not up to dick in, in uh, honor of dick here? Is it, is it something to do with drunk? <laughs> Should I just say drunk? No, it's Okay, close. fucking drunk. Um, okay. No, uh, like, like semi-retarded. Uh, uh, okay, it means not healthy. I'll give you one. <laughs> I'll give you it. And I'll give you the last one too. Double, double opportunity. Okay, double jeopardy. Double jeopardy. Sure. What is Mrs. Fubbs' parlor? Oh, that's an ice cream shop. <laughs> that is a vagina. That's what and I And David Azar <laughs> the ice is the victor. Shop. We're going to a little break, and we'll be back with some more. I gotta say, we haven't really ventured into the rock that's genre. Right. That's right. I'm glad and you we noticed. Do, we do got Dave, who's uh, uh, another drummer like myself, yep. who fancies the rock music. So uh, I'm happy you put it out there. And now you, our listeners could go check it out on the Big Takes playlist. Where can we find that playlist, Dick? On Spotify. Spotify. <laughs> okay, with that said, we're moving into the second... There's no reason to repeat Spotify. We're moving into the second part <laughs> of our podcast. And I like the viewers to get to know this guy right next to me, David Azar. And we're going to talk about a specific challenge you had in your life. Insert like crowd, like uh, clapping. (gasps) Crowd. David Azar's back. Thanks for joining the podcast. Appreciate it. We're going to talk about something that's probably pretty sensitive to you. Maybe not. It depends on how your viewpoint is. But you grew up in a normal, right, normal setting. You were a healthy kid. You went to yeah. Flopish, right? Yes. So you're a normal kid. You mentioned you were into, what, video let, games? Let me tell and... the story. Like, you're preempting the story. <laughs> so, so normal, story. dude. I just want to know what... I'm going to tell point, you the story. That I just want to know at what point did you see something was, was, was off? Well, um, you the full background. Give me the background. It's your, it's your, it's your floor. Still, no one would have any idea of what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go. Hit me with it. In my young uh, years. I have a microphone. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then he fucking said, I have a microphone. That would have been good. Okay, go. In a wild podcast, so, <laughs> to be honest. I'm going to say. All right, so where do you want me to start? You want me to start at five years old? Sure. Wherever um, you want to start. Hey, wherever you yeah. want to start. Um, all right, so a little bit about me, I guess. Um, Flappish student from like... Pre-K all the way up to my senior year. A yeshiva of Flappish and Midwood for those uh, for, for yes. our, our non-yeshiva uh, listeners. For and um, yeah, I got kicked out on my first day of senior year. That was oh, a lot wow. of fun. So that right here is what we're going to talk about. My <laughs> challenging time in life. Yes, um, I missed, missed the whole senior trip. Right? Did the whole by the way? Did the whole school miss the senior trip? No, I don't think so. Because they like you guys did a prank or some shit like that. We let animals out in the hallways. Is that not you guys? 
I don't know. I wasn't there. Oh, that's true. Yeah, they got fucking school. All right. I'm pretty sure you're like 60% of your grade, or either they canceled your trip, or like 60% got kicked off, or something like that. All right. Continue. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, um, basically, the thing that we're here to talk about is the big C, cancer. Um, two years ago, I um, was at my desk. I reached up and like just touched my face randomly, and um, yeah, I felt like a marble in my cheek. So that ended up being a tumor, and then it was like, what made you think to to like get that checked out? I guess you waited a couple of days or whatever. Um, no, I got it, like, checked out that day. Oh, wow. Okay. I went to City MD after. I was like, this doesn't feel right. It doesn't right. feel like pimple. I used to have, like, crazy acne. Right. So, um, and I went there, and they're like, yeah, we don't really know what that is. You should go see an ENT. So then I went to see an ENT, ear, nose, throat. And then... Yeah, no idea he, what that yeah. means. <laughs> he ordered, <laughs> so a, he ordered a, like, a CT scan, like uh, an x-ray to, to check what's going on up there. We saw, like, a ball on the x-ray. On the they scan, like a biopsy. But, right? but you, so you said you mentioned was, you noticed it like a day that day. Like I it noticed just it popped that, up that day. One day. I just like reached up to my face like this, you know, the rest of my head, um, and I felt something. That's there. always one of my fears is like, not if anything happens, catching it late. Right. It's like because let's say you just don't, you're not as attuned with your body or whatever it is. You could have, be have living with whatever it is for months and months, mm-hmm. and then they finally catch it, and you're like, oh fuck. So you, you caught it right away. Right away. And, and you went through, I'm sure, <clears throat> dozens of tests. and I went through a lot of tests, yeah. It took about a month to f- diagnose what wow. the tumor was. And then it took another month to get the tumor diagnosed for the specific type of cancer. And then from there, it was just treatment. But at this point, are you in pain? Like, what are you feeling during those yeah. two months? I didn't feel any different in terms of, like, my health. It was just, there was that thing right there. Right. Was it, like, um, cosmetically noticeable? Not really. I, like, if I clenched my jaw and you paid attention... Because like, underneath. Yeah, you would yeah. see, like, oh, his cheek looks like there's a little bump in there. Right. Um, but what was, the, um, what was the final diagnosis? Final diagnosis was Burkitt's lymphoma, which is, like, a really rare form of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And that, yeah, yeah, yeah really rare. It's, so like, less point, than 1% of cases. But it's... Super aggressive, which was good because that means it's more susceptible to the cancer. So at that point, yeah. when you first found out the diagnosis, like what's what's going through your head? Are you like completely turned upside down? Like, go ahead. What was what was that? Oh, can I ask like? also? Sorry, before you say that, uh, what part of your life is this? How old are you? Uh, uh, twenty four. Twenty four years old. Okay. My birthday is in July. This was uh, I found it on January twentieth. Wow, okay. But you're already out of college. You're out of college. Are you working at that point? I'm working, okay. working for my father. This is, yeah. So you're just doing your, you're doing yeah, your thing. just doing my thing. And then, right, so then go back to Dick's question. How would you feel at that moment? Because you have your life uh, going on, right? right? Yeah, it was. And it's, it's not like, I feel like I'm a 60-year-old guy. Obviously, if you, if you get cancer, you're going to, you want to keep continue living, so right. you're whatever. But if you're like, so yeah, at least like you think back on your life and there's, there's substance there. Right, right, for right. us, we're like. It's 24 years old. In our mid-20s, right, yeah. Sure. Like, that's, 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 in my mind, that's crazy like way to now have to alter your, your thought process. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a very sobering moment where you need to. You ha- no matter what, you end up having like that vertigo moment where like the camera zooms out and everything, the whole perspective shifts. And um, you start to evaluate what you've done, um, where you are and where you want to be. Yeah. Um, gives you a sense of your own mortality to a, 
a certain extent. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what, what did you feel when you said I was recently watching a um, a Bill Gates documentary? Uh huh. And this guy is like what seven years old, eighty years old. He's pretty old at this point. I don't think he's that old. I think he's. Six, late 60s Maybe, maybe late 60s no, But this but dude maybe, No I think he's still In like his early 60s he's Whatever like, he's he's like, this, this dude yeah. This dude Has accomplished Not So much in his life Right Billion, Built a multi 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 Billion dollar company Yeah And now he's retired And what is he trying to do He's trying to cure polio He's trying to build Nuclear reactors Yeah I mean he, That he's, he's type A You know He has to He has to keep doing something to, it, I think some of the people that live the longest. I'm, I'm not sure how we got to this tangent, but uh, I think people I that gonna, are, I was going to bring it back. People that live the longest uh, are generally kept busy the whole time. Right. They're usually working to, for to a real late age or have some passion that they continue going on with. Because right. there's no once you get to 80, the the will, and this is something we could actually talk about in the, during the treatment when we, we get to that part of the story. The uh, how how much does the attitude affect that uh, medicine and right. medication and overall well being? And it's they they can't like specifically study it because it's right. not a di- it's not a um a dosage right. but laughter happiness something to live for a purpose it elongates your life for sure for so you know so many more years what i was going to say about bill gates was that people like that they actually asked him in the interview uh in the documentary they saying they said you know like what do you what's left you know like what do you want to look back on your life and say oh i accomplished that and he said like what do you mean like that was a question similar to like asking a 20 year old that he's like it's just the beginning like my life's not over. Ah, nice. So I'm just curious, what, like when you had that like existential moment of like, okay, what did I accomplish and what do I want to accomplish? Like, walk me through that actual thought process. Um, it's uh, you really start to think about you just you do a lot of thinking. I mean, I couldn't really do much else. At a certain point, once the treatment starts, um, I was pretty much in bed every day after a certain point, and there's really not much that you can do, especially, like, I was taking a shit ton of edibles all the time because it really helped with the, um... Uh, all the symptoms, right? symptoms appetite, yeah. nausea, body pain. Did they tell you you were... This is, this is going to be how treatment's gonna be and you're gonna like did they give you a good expectation of this because I've had a couple hospital stints and I would hope that people in uh, different uh, um, departments are better and worse at different things but I was in like the lung department they did not prep me for what was gonna come next like they said oh recovery seven days but they don't tell you what that means necessarily like oh does that mean I'm gonna go back to normal or now yeah. I'm gonna be out of the hospital and seven so I'm I'm wondering did they prep you like mentally how to approach this? Not really. Um, they tell you take what, note docs. They tell you what's gonna happen. Like oh we're gonna do like this drug on that day. Yeah, like, like, that doesn't help you. But the thing is though, I don't know how much you can really tell someone what to expect. Like I spoke to. Um, Isn't it different for every person? Yeah, right. I I have a couple friends that you know beat cancer themselves, like Mari Zolta, quickly yeah. to name one. And he was there from the beginning. He, you know, gave me like a little care package of like, oh, the bio team, like I got crazy mouth sores and uh-huh. et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it's like you can, you can impart on someone anything that you might know that helped you, but their experience is, right. is just intrinsically going to be – Yeah, it's going to be their own. So talk to me. You're 24 and 
at what point do you start thinking like now my life's going to change like like leading into the actual the process second, it's be the, yeah the second you hear cancer right, it's right. like oh okay all right, so so you're in the hospital. Right. Doing you go the for three minutes. It's, right. it's terrible. Like, what was next steps after that? Um, treatment, and then it was just physically recovering. Um, it takes a toll on your body. And, yeah, I ended up being about 15, 20 pounds underweight. Fluctuated wow. between there on, on the last end of it. So, yeah. And then um, yeah, you're bald, you're skinny, you're weak. Yeah. So, so, and, and, and going in, like, you can't really prepare, but did you, did you change your mindset and say, like, this is, I'm going to, I mean, this saying it's thrown around, like, kick, kick cancer's ass. Like, did you think that? Or was it like, I'm just going to do what the doctor tells me and hope it turns out all right? Or was it like, I'm the, I'm on the offensive. It's, it's the offensive, especially because you have so many different people around you, um, Good support system. Good support system, but even more so, to be honest, a lot of times I felt like I had to be the rock for other people. Uh Uh-huh. Because for other, someone else, it's like, wait, what? You have cancer, and then they don't know how to act with you for some reason. Can I ask you that for a second? So so I found that, um, and this goes back, I'm going to give my my dad a little plug. He wrote the Chesed Boomerang, which is a book about how acts of kindness enrich your life. by Jackie Dweck, pick it up. In but stores, but um, but the whole premise of that book, out. the whole premise of that book is that doing good makes you feel better, benefits you. It's a selfish act to help to help people, really. But so that might be like the reverse. Like they're coming and they're and he has to come for them. Oh, you're saying he's so. Feels I'm saying about I'm it? saying a, my theory is that if you're feeling bad, a great thing to do is help other people. Is to go out and say I'm valuable. I'm going to add value to your life, and then it, it, for, you forget about your own issues for a second. You know, the law of reciprocity. Yeah. In a different way, a little bit. Right. So you have to basically people coming, and I could see that. That's why. So I had a we talked about this on the podcast, a pneumothorax, where I had to recover, and it's very different. Obviously, different classification than cancer completely, because mine was more of like, I like a I'll compare it to like a broken leg or something. Right. But I didn't want to tell anybody because I know then they're gonna start feeling bad and 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 yes. and try to like sympathize but you know they can never really be in your position then you have to almost turn it back on them like when somebody comes and like they're not in your position but they're doing what they they can you know right. so it's, it's yeah. a tough it's a weird situation it you know when someone says the like whatever you can or it's okay like that was even enough when when you do someone uh, kindness like that um every like it's the little things people always say it's the little things yeah it's true the little things, it's like, I know that you cannot understand what I'm going through. I know that it's affecting you on a deep, uh, on your own deep personal level. And you, it, yeah, it's, it creates almost like a communication breakdown for yeah. someone. And um, just that little effort that you're trying is enough to say like, okay, I got you. Who was the, uh, who was the person that was there the most for you at that, during that time? My wow. mom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's easy to think about a lot of the negative things that come along with um, with going through treatment for cancer, but some of the positives, there are positives that come with it too. My relationship with my mother got incredibly strengthened. Um, we spent a lot of time together, and to be honest, it was a lot of good time, and I, I 
there's part of me that's like, I wouldn't really want to trade that away. Because it put us in positions where we, like, got, not got to know each other better, but kind of, you get to know, like... You're the ultimate optimist to find a silver lining in cancer. Did did that change your, I mean, I'm assuming it did, but that, like, what was Dave before cancer? Like, like, um, I guess, uh, a day-to-day attitude versus post-cancer. Right, that's a good question. I don't know if I can give you the day-to-day so it's much. Your mindset. Mindset. Just your mindset. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Pre-cancer Dave was pretty... Uh, I mean, I was, a, I was a depressed guy. Um, and, you know, I, you know, you have good days, you have bad days, but then with the cancer, it, it sort of shifts something and you're able to um, sort of like throw a, f- uh, a floor, a bottom, yeah. on how depressed like you can get. It just like raises that floor, right. so you don't you don't dip as hard, you know. Every, nothing is nothing is relative, relatively low as that. Yeah, right. you, yeah. That's that's interesting because I think, from an outsider perspective, I would think like you have basically two choices at that moment. You could sink deeper and deeper into the depression, and that's where I think it just consumes you, and 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 your life from then on is just it was already let's say in a bad state. Now it's like irreparable, you know, it just rock bottom so, mm-hmm. so to speak or you could like you said the the depression floor raises you're happier even your worst days are better than so your least on life right so that's exactly. i wanted to ask you about your uh, your mental attitude during the during the treatment um and i was just googling I, I was reading a book recently it's called unmeasured strength this woman lauren manning uh-huh what's her story she's a, a mortgage bank, mortgage invest investment uh professional something um she works in the world trade center right and she is late on 9-11. She's late to work. Oh, yeah. I love those stories. She is a high-powered businesswoman. She has a big meeting that day. First time she's late probably in her whole, like, whole exactly. career. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And she describes the scene when she walks in. And, and she just she was just walking in the lobby when it, got it, when it happened. So she only caught the tail end of the explosion. And she was laying on the and ground. And also she was at the first spot that she, to evacuate. The, 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 um, the bomb consumed her consumed her the she was the, the uh, fire yeah, the Explosion, flame right yeah. and she was just rolling on the ground on fire for Shit. like five minutes on fire some amazing samaritan came and rescued her she she couldn't see she had no skin oh, it was fuck. a disgusting story but the point is that this guy Plus saved her surgery, life though. this guy saved her life and she described in this book which i highly recommend uh, especially for what you just said, I'm gonna tie it back in a second. But she describes her process, her thought process during the re- uh, recovery period, and it was all a fight. It was all mental. Saying, "I'm a fighter. I, I, I was the first partner at this firm. I got X number of sales. This, this opponent, which is the fire, which is consuming her every single day. She's losing skin. This is this. It's a very, very graphic story. But, but the point is that <laughs> she, she planned her day saying. This is what I'm gonna do. This is this is my game plan to attack this today. I'm gonna win. She was so competitive and fiery. So I'm curious about your psychological mindset during this whole thing, and like what helped you fight it. I mean, I wanted to live. So. Yeah. Good reason. There you go. Good reason. Uh, it sucks, but Which it's you like... wouldn't see from from culture these days. <laughs> All these kids wanting to die. You. Uh, at a certain, you don't really have a, a choice, or at least it doesn't, for me, it didn't right. feel like I ever really had a choice. It's just like, this is what I got to do. I mean, 
Like you get over the what was me very quickly. I yeah, like. it's like yeah, you could sit and sulk, and you probably did that for for I don't know a day or two, a week to a month, whatever it is. But you have to pull yourself out of that. Yeah, because what, what are you gonna do? Like like you said, to not live. Yeah, that's that's not really a good alternative. And the way that you handle it affects the way that others around you can handle it themselves because right. they're basing everything off of you. In, in some respects, I guess. Um, if I'm moping, wallowing, self-pitying, just overall a complete downer in my mental attitude, it's going to come out of my physical attitude as well. And then if it's your friend or your family member and you're seeing them suffer, I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to pull your heartstrings. It's going to hurt. So the more that you can sort of stay strong, the more it, it allows them to sort of ease up on the gas right. and just like be a little more chill mm-hmm. like when my parents would be like you okay I'm, like, I'm cool like yeah i'm cool don't worry like go to sleep yeah i'm good I'm what good. was your what was your like your best moment wait before we get to the best oh. moment that's a great lesson for just everyday life when you're positive lively having fun internally People want to be around you, right. and then and then they just gravitate towards you, and, and everyone else because they know when they're hanging out with you, they're gonna have a good time. And like there are people, there's one of my coworkers is is always bubbly and 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 um, like giving praise, but it seems genuine every single time. Right. You can see people gravitate towards her, like they just like being around her because she she's always positive, and she's always and then you want that feeling for yourself, so you're gonna naturally go over that direction. So I feel like. That's for even more extreme in the hospital, right? But then when you yeah. take it outside of life, you're just going to make more friends, more connections, and, and be better set. Let me ask you on that for a second. Are you, are, you, are you in contact with people going through it? Have people contacted you? Um, I've talked to a couple people um, after I was finished and a couple during um, through like uh, either MSK, Memorial Sloan Kettering, um, or uh, Mars Franco Cancer Center who are – Mwah. Bless them. Amazing people. Go donate. Seriously, go is that donate. Nancy Sutton? Um, so. uh, That's not secret, is it? No, I, I just... I'm not sure. Like, <laughs> I feel like an asshole. He's just not yeah. sure. Okay. You just shouted them out. And you, uh, sure, he's yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, fuck, yeah. Um, uh, well, let's talk to people. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. yeah. Uh, little little big take moment yeah. <laughs> brought to you by. But, but the, does the community do enough? Do I mean to what extent do they actually help? Yeah, they yeah. they help. Um, they show themselves to want to be there. And this is the Sephardic Syrian community right, of Brooklyn, New York. All of us non-Syrian yeah. viewers. So I mean, little things. Every Friday, every Shabbat, like right before, someone delivered kali and like some mazat yeah. to my family and flowers and a card, like. Well, for a while like that was really really nice and no one had to do that right. and it was actually someone who I was in the same class they do that they do that you know great. Uh, for the cancer That's center so they deliver like you know collies in, in my class because I feel like after a while the visitors start to trickle down just because it's been a long time let's say in the treatment yeah. and the people that are still with you are obviously your closest your, your parents or whatever but when you get things like this, it kind of lights a spark again. Like, oh, people outside of my immediate people I see every day still care. Yeah. 
My, oh, no, unless you did have people. No, no, no. Every day. I, <laughs> I had people. So I went in for acupuncture when I was finished with the treatment, uh, and it was for free, and which wow. is fucking awesome. You know? Can you sneak me in the next time? <laughs> <laughs> shave your head, it'll be much easier. <laughs> I just shaved my head just to get free acupuncture. Like, the, there was nobody who called me out on that because that's fucking that's, dedication yeah. to getting free shit. You almost earned it. Um, so, yeah. But the community really, like, rallies around you guys. The community rallies around. They, right. they send people to reach out to you. I got phone calls. If I didn't go to an acupuncture, it was like, Get a call. Hey, well, how are you? How are you feeling? Like, wow. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I have to ask you uh, the ch- most challenging moment. Uh, I don't know. It's tough to say because, the, I mean, there are so many different challenges of different varieties. Like, it was watching my parents as they sort of watched me yeah. and seeing, like, how they dealt with it. Um, that was hard. Um, then it was also weird, you know, like, first time I was in the hospital, like, pulling down my pants, and I was like, oh, shit, there's, like, hair all over right. my undies falling out. Right. Um, scary, scary. All right, give funny. me your best moment. Yeah, give me your so happiest what, what's moment. The, what's the moment you're most proud of uh, that, like, you either com- accomplished or I guess your best okay. moment? Yeah. I'd one. love to say it's when I rang the bell on my nice. last cancer treatment, yeah. on my nice. last chemo. I never got to ring a fucking bell. Okay, so... What? There was no goddamn bell for not me. not your favorite moment. No. But well, well, you stole, like, a little kid's bell. Yeah, I'm ringing Seriously. Um, whenever I see those online, I'm like, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was the best? Uh, I don't know. It wasn't, like, it wasn't even when they told me, like, no cancer. Like, I don't even think that was the best moment. Um, it had to be some point with my parents. Like, it was pretty cool one time, um... We were in my room and I was like taking Rick's uh, a rip of my packs and my dad was in the room uh, sitting on the bed and so was my mom and like I took a hit and then my dad took it and he, like he took a hit. Ah, and my mom hard, like definitely doesn't smoke. Uh, she so took so a rip funny. and then like No way Yeah and then we were all like that's so high. That's so <laughs> funny. funny. That's so that's funny. Alright, let me ask you the final question. You mentioned this before. People who don't have uh, who don't go through that situation cannot they can't tell you all. Oh, I know how you feel, right? So, and that's something that's something in human nature that you right. always want to be able to relate and empathize and and, and right. be able to to share a commonality with somebody. And it's tough, but yeah, continue. Right. So, my question is basically, being in that position, what do you? What is your message to everyone who is outsiders? How should they approach it? How should they deal with it? What's the how to on that? Process it. Don't suppress it. Don't try and hide it. Um, if you don't have to, which you really shouldn't ever have to, um, it can be, it can be tough, you know, uh, people like having, oh, he had cancer, I guess associated yeah. with you. It doesn't have to be. Um, yeah, I don't, just go through it. Don't, don't hold anything back. Don't hold yourself back from feeling anything or yeah, I don't know. Process it. There's a lot you can learn from it, and there's a lot of life to have in that. Got it. And now, how do you feel? How do I feel now? How do you feel today? You woke up today. I, I feel okay. You feel pretty good. <laughs> yeah. All right, with that, we're going to take a little musical break, and then we'll be back some more topics from the board.
Welcome back to Big Takes Digging Bones, episode number 25. Uh, I think it's episode number 26. 26. Fuck, okay. I fucked that one up. Welcome back, ladies and gents, to episode number 26 of Big Takes Digging Bones. We have David Azar on the booth. How are you? Yeah. We also have Brian Winhorse Brian in the booth. Winhorse in case we need a stat. In. Good to be back. Good to be back. He's currently picking his toes. But he's here if we need a stat about LeBron. David Azar. Toe jam. <laughs> toe jam. David Azar's back. And Dave, we're talking about the things that bind us as a society. So we're talking memes, but we also want to talk about something that's very near and dear to your heart, which is music. Yeah. What does music mean to you? Oh, that's loaded. <laughs> um, that's loaded. I don't know. It's the world and it's the words. Yeah, it's the first of all, first of all, okay, all right, I'll go to the next one. What do you consider words. to be squiggly air? What do you like, consider you know? to be music? Um, any sort of, <laughs> I guess, um, sound that elicits a response. Okay. Dick, what do you got? Yeah. Uh, oh, well, I'm of the, I think we've talked about this before with art. I'm of the uh, field that anything could be anything. Right. So if it makes noise, it's music. So yeah. It's someone, the, someone honks a horn at you and you get music. upset. Is that music? So, yeah. So, yeah. so picture I mean, this. You walk no, outside. I, I, I don't like rap music. Same shit. <laughs> so picture this. You walk outside and it's a summer day. And you hear the wind rustling on the trees, and you hear the birds chirping, and you hear the water. Is that music? Yeah. That's like... Yeah. That's definitely... <laughs> that's like going to sleep music. Yeah. <laughs> it's on Spotify. Yeah. Oh, so, by the <laughs> What is music? Is it on Spotify? <laughs> okay, so I consider something, something that has to have repetition to it. I don't know how. I don't know if that makes no, sense. Not like, at all. well, that's in my opinion. I'm just saying my opinion. Oh, your, yeah, opinion so like, your opinion is invalid. <laughs> it's and wrong. Objectively wrong. <laughs> so I'm thinking of like a fault, like a leaky faucet that's like drip, 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 like that. Yeah, that that's music to me. But if it was if it was irregular, maybe then it's not. I don't know. That's my opinion on it. What do you think? I mean, no, but there's so many irregular music. Like, yeah, that's true. Also, there's varying time signatures, things that don't make you feel necessarily comfortable. Right. Um, there's really get a atonal scale. music. Right. Um, so okay. So yeah. Something that tries to elicit an emotional response. Something that tries to elicit. Yeah. I mean, you're saying the intention has to be there. What? So the intention has to be to elicit a response. A sound that is attempting to elicit an emo- a response. So you birds chirping, not music for Brian Woodhorse. Well, the birds are trying to elicit a response. They're uh, trying to get laid. By other birds, but not by the listeners. Yeah, but there are unintended consequences in everything that we do. No, so that's what I'm saying. So does there have to be – is the is the motivation what makes it music? I don't think so. Oh, fucking put a little, little all right. knife so, right through that So theory. here's the question. So first of all, the, the parts of the brain that are activated when you hear music are what – which parts? The parts that are associated with food, with sex, with drugs, right? That's the kind of benefit or uh, response you get – Physiological, was it right? right? Was it hippocampus? I don't know. Uh, but no, hippocampus is memory. I have no fucking idea. Yeah, because like the hippo is on the school campus sounds or something. Fun. So, so yeah. we don't know about the brain at all in school, by the way. Zero. Let no, me ask you. The brain. Okay, so the fact is that certain animals can do certain things as part of listening to music. So, for example, certain animals can put together a rhythm, right? Certain ca- certain animals can detect pitch, What's an example? harmony, timber, language, memory. All these things are needed. To, to understand music. And this is coming from uh, my favorite podcast, my favorite uh, documentary series. Explained. 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 So this was they from... sponsor us at this point. This is from Explained that humans are the only species that can put together everything, right? They can put we together a, a rhythm. 
They could put together a pitch, that's what the harmony, food chain. timber, language, etc. I think rhythm was like a, there. There are monkeys that have rhythm, but they don't know pitch or they don't know harmony. There are there are birds that know pitch but don't know rhythm, and it goes on and on. We're the ones that are fully equipped. Anything? Any theory on that? No. <laughs> I mean, he didn't, he didn't dick you around there. He just gave you a no. Tell me the straight answer. What do you think? Um, I think that's that's an interesting concept. I. A lot of the music, a lot of just in, in us in general comes from nature. So I think being able to put that all together right. is, is something that is why humans are at the top of the food chain. We're, we're evolutionary. So you're attributing us being the top of the food chain to music? That's part of it. Part I'm, of saying, it. I'm saying the ability to associate different things and connect different things right. into yeah. one. It's another mode al- of communication. Allows, exactly. allows right. us to build – like. You take that same example to- towards tools, right? Right. Most animals can't make tools. They can fight. You see, see a fucking gorilla fight, can kick your ass. But to the ability to create tools, which I think some animals can, but not on the scale humans can. So we just made guns and killed everybody. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, let's talk about story. music. <laughs> let's talk about music. And oh, all, we talk about music. First of all, yeah, there's music. Music exists in every culture. It seems like in different forms, granted, mm-hmm. but every community has some sort of music. Um, but let's talk about just what it actually benefits us, how it benefits us. So you mentioned this before, uh, but I'll just list them. I'll list, I'll list all of them that I thought of. Really helping people with memory, speak, yeah. right? They lose their speaking uh, abilities, and now they could sing full songs. Ozzy Osbourne. Interesting, huh? <laughs> people, helping people with arthritis move, their, move their legs. <laughs> helping people with arthritis move their limbs. You could change your emotion. You could tap into different mood, right? I used to think of... Um, when I was interviewing at, 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 uh, for jobs out of college, I used to literally get take pumped, my headphones, up. play a crazy rock song or like something with a crazy give me, beat. Give me what you, what you just do. Give um, Closer by Lamonte or something. It has a nice beat. Check it's it out. Okay. That was my, it's not a rock song. It's like a EDM song or something. That was, and I used to time it. Uh, you're going to think I'm weird, but I used to go in the elevator time it so that right when I get out of the elevator I open the door and I'm hearing this, Bones this song the drop. Bones and it made drop. me yeah. feel unstoppable <laughs> unstoppable is that ever ever having like emotional response what moods what would be that song now I have, I have, I a, feel, I have a, a good guess right now for me yeah Party Starter yeah yeah. <laughs> by Baker Matt yeah that yep. thing will, I don't know about before an interview Bones goes through the fucking roof <laughs> when they say boosters at the drop oh that's good stuff but talk to me about music changing your moods putting you in different uh, emotional state of minds it's it's all of it. It's like when you want to wallow, you throw on some sad music and you just sit in it. Some tea swizzle, like a, yeah. Some tea swizzle. Um, I know Dave loves tea swizzle. She's are you kidding me? She's, pretty, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't sure what to say. Could have got so many. So ways when you're there. sad, you could go to a sad song. When you're you can go to a sad song. Um, New Year's, I was vibing, wa- walking home at two a.m. Only to person on the street. What do you have on? Listening to Wolfpack. Wow. They're a funk band. Um, yeah, it's do you walk sing by, uh, as you're walking down the street? Yeah, all the time. I like audibly sing. Like if, if I don't see sing. somebody within five feet of me, I'm singing pretty loud. Sing <laughs> air guitar, air drums, air bass. Yep, yep, yep. I'm doing it on the subway. It's like, like you're performing for nobody. Performing yeah, absolutely. 100%. Oh, yeah. So speaking yeah. of performing, yes. I want to ask you. Um, first of all, you're, before we end this topic, you're a drummer, yeah. a guitarist, uh, a bassist, the, okay. a singer. Uh, I know that. You guys, Dick, Dick here and Dave, have both performed at the famed, yeah, uh, Dealstock. I mean, Dealstock. it's just it's sold the out biggest every event. Year. We together. The biggest we event out together. there. We played together. Dave was first the hype man for the set. Then came on, grabbed the bass, almost took his shirt off. They yelled at him. 
And they did Beyond we Beyond. had a killer performance of Welcome Home by Cody and Cambria. Good choice. Were you... Uh, no, 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 it wasn't you. Uh, for the um, Billy... Uh, Eilish? No, um, Jimmy Eat World set. No, that was might have been uh, your brother? Maybe. I think it was your let brother. Me, let me ask you guys. Yeah. You guys are both musicians. You guys are both musicians, right? Just talk to me about how much work is put into that craft. Thousands of hours. I, I mean, I wish I could Dick started drumming when you were how old you were when you started? Fourth grade. Wow. Was um, that your parents or did you just get into it? I'll tell you why. It was my older brother. Billy. Older brother, Bilo. Um, he was starting a band. And this is in sixth grade. I was in third grade. The band's name was? Band. No, I mean, they didn't have a band uh, yet. That was later on, perfect okay. mistake. But he was starting a band and he needed a bassist. So, little brother the rescue... Uh-huh. Richie, you're playing Dick, as he called me in the household. <laughs> you're playing bass, so I got so pumped up. We used to have um, um, Guitar Center magazines, right. like the pamphlets with the shit, like all the different uh, guitars and basses. So I would, I remember it was on Friday night. I was going through them, like picking. Out, I want this bass. I had no idea what, what bass. Is that sound just because you liked, you liked your older brother? It looked cool. Oh yeah, for sure. It was. It was exactly. I was doing what he wanted me to do. Then one of his friends, new bass. So right. he goes, Richie, Plain you're playing drums, drums now. I'm like, <laughs> oh, cool, drums. So I fucking started looking. I didn't realize you can't really play drums by yourself when you're like little because you want to listen to like music and, and do other shit. And it was actually a real challenge to, to push myself to practice as a, at a young age. I think I picked it back up in, um, in high school, uh, freshman year, and that's when I actually started putting energy into learning um, uh, different drum rudiments and all that shit where I should have been do- doing in fourth grade because you might pick it up much quicker. But um, that that is when it kind of developed. But what, do you, what kind of benefit do you get early on from doing this? Is it like therapeutic? Do you feel better when you play, especially drums? You know, like where does the motivation come from? I'll let I'll let Dave take that one. Um, definitely catharsis. Um, it's a great way to take out just pent up energy, anger. Um, yeah, especially the drums. I yeah. do it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's very physical. It's very physical. Yeah. Um, yeah, That's why when I see like the big fat drummers, it kind of shocks me sometimes. Like, like you should be pretty fit to play, be playing yeah. drums. Yeah, there's a uh, Vinnie Paul, the drummer for Pantera. Um, he's like a heavy guy, but I mean, he wasn't so heavy that he couldn't move. But like, dude, he fucking lays down a beat. Like, yeah, best drummer you guys know. When you see fat drummers, you know they're either gonna be like terrible or amazing. Or yeah. amazing. Yeah. Best musician. Best I've musician of all time. One. Best musician of all time. That's very hard. That's very, very hard. Or bands. It's still very hard. Um, I can tell you bands that I really love. Um, Led Zeppelin had one of the most amazing runs from Led Zeppelin 1 all the way through to Physical Graffiti over a six-year, seven-year period. It's insane. All those, all those albums are so good. Um, Black Sabbath, actually, anniversary today of wow. the first album, Black Sabbath. The album that brought in heavy metal to some. They're having a reunion tour or what? What? Re- reunion tour or... Uh... No, they, they're done. <laughs> no, <Nah, laughs> yeah. Because now, a lot of the bands I listen to uh, um, were... When I was a kid, like, I listened to the same music my, my older brother listened to. It It was a lot of pop punk. And um, that's probably early, early 2000s. All the bands are having, like, 
either reunion tours or like 20th anniversary yeah. album tours. Yeah. They're playing and they're but still the fucking playing. They're 40 so, years so old. So this brings up like the final point, not, not the final point, but it brings up just the, the evidence of how influential music could be and bands could be. Think about the Beatles, right? How influential were the Beatles in the world? There were worldwide phenomenons before yeah. Spotify existed, right? Yeah. So talk about that. I mean, what, what is, what's the larger impact of music to the world, you know? It's... Music bridges. <laughs> we haven't done that in a while. The world. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It bridges people. Um, it brings people together from all over the world. It unites us in um, in a world filled with differences. But I mean, at the crux of it, we're all just people. Um, there are cases of people. You know, they learn English from like learning the lyrics by yeah. a certain band or artist. It it connects us. I, mean, I think it, it lends itself to movement so well. I think mm-hmm. they go hand in hand. And with music and dancing slash movement, it allows you to express yourself so well mm-hmm. and get any emotion out through something physical. Right? It's yeah. hard to sometimes speak your emotions into words and, and connect on another level. I guess that's what our therapists try to do and like try to get that out. Mm-hmm. But it's very difficult. I think a lot of people have even if they don't know how to dance and have no rhythm whatsoever if a music starts playing with, with the song that they're just vibing to they get to release that emotion through right. movement and i think that's that's like a big key and you see like even at the most tribal situations like go look at hawaii go look at the native americans go look at the uh um african um tribes and stuff like that you see they have these whole rituals involved in music and dancing right very good. Okay, with that, uh-huh. we're going we're gonna to move off the, the music cool stage. Beans. You mentioned emotions. You mentioned um, performances before. So I want to bring up a topic that you're very passionate in. I just learned that you're, in full, well, you're full-time involved in this. We're talking about acting. Mm-hmm. And David Azar, uh, from what I just learned, went to school for acting, right? In 2012 or 13. performance, none of it happened. <laughs> all acting. It's all acting. Um, so William Esper Studio, my notes say, right? 2013, yeah. 2016. That's expert level research by Dick here. I want to, yeah, guys, when I get my, my back against the wall, I deliver. <laughs> you deliver. I deliver. But talk to me about this, just the schooling process and why you went. So why I went was because I wanted to improve. I wanted to actually learn how, like, if there is any sort of structure. You're, you're always told about the craft and learning the craft. And... At a certain point, when you first start, it's sort of like your own instincts. It's, oh shit, I got like the script and I don't know a formula to, to go right. about breaking down a script and right, breaking right. down the scene and acting. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a way of just like, it's sort of like a boot camp. It gives you the tools necessary to go out and do it on your own while also putting you through the practice of those tools to sort so of it's just solving a problem for you. Like, what, why did well, what you pick this? Why did you pick this specifically? Yeah. Like, what got you into even wanting to right. do that? Right. What got me into it was I was on Birthright and um, we were playing. I highly recommend if you haven't gone yet. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic trip. Free trip to Israel. Free trip. Go juice. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we were playing improv games in the park, and so we were playing those games. It was a lot of fun. You know, I'm like in it in the right. scene. And everyone after was like, dude, like, how long you been acting? Right, things awesome. like that. I was like, uh, you know, never. No. Um, so then we... Like my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> whole thing's a sham. That's the, uh, our guide. Um, my name's not even David. <laughs> it's Carl. Probably <laughs> um, oh, the best actors are, uh, are uh, identity thieves. 
Yeah, they, some of the, like Michael Keaton's name is not Michael Keaton. <laughs> okay, continue. Return. You're in a birthright yeah. okay. trip, and your um, tour guys, your tour guys tell tells you. Tour guide gives me a script. He's like, when we go to the top of Masada, I have a friend. He wrote this play of of all the different people through history. So can you do this? So um, we got up to the top, and I was doing the monologue, and like my group was watching, and then. There was another group behind them that was watching, and then there was this other group that saw that what we were doing, and they started watching. Nice. Next thing I know, I'm like finishing off this monologue wow. for the first time. Shakespeare. To, you know what this reminds me of? You're, come on, you guys are both office people. No? no. Not ring any bells? Nope. No. When they go on the field trip to Philadelphia? Oh, Dwight? Dwight is the No, not no. Dwight. Oh, uh, what's his name? What's his come name? On, give it to me. Not, not Gabe. Gabe, right. Gabe's Abraham Lincoln. That's the target. whole Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> okay. All the people clap. Yeah, they, no, they tip him. They tip him, right. All right, so you're on the Masada. Yeah. People are gathering around you. There's probably a sunrise or a sunset in the background, right? The sun is risen. And rising. It's risen. It has risen. And you're finishing off your last sentence, and then what? And then... Um, I finish it off, and then there's... Fall from the heaven came down. <laughs> there's a huge round of applause, oh. and it was... Very, you know, like that affirming. Cool. I was like, cool. "Oh, cool!" Well, like, what would you estimate? How many people, people like in the audience? Hundred. Wow. wow! I was picturing like ten people. I mean, like, how much is uh, like a birthright group? Thirty, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, twenty-five, thirty. So three yeah. of them. Four. Three. Four, four of them. them. Wow, that's cool. Awesome. Yeah, so, it was, so it was you, really cool. So that was your first hook, right? That hooked you. That feeling of being in front of people, and cheering. Yeah, just that's because the, of what you did. The bug. Right. 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 Cool. So let's talk about. Let's talk about like. Outside. I mean, were there other any other reasons? Like, was it you know, did it provide an escape for you or something? You know, putting on a little bit. It was right. it. It was just something that clicked. I remember um, I, when I took my first drum lesson, I was taught. How, just, how old did you start? Uh, 15, 16, 15. Right. So, so like, couple first couple of years of high school. Yeah, yeah, sophomore year of high school. It was okay. like really where it was. Yeah, so I was taught you know four four and then four eight and I was like oh shit like. Two. That's it? Right. Two, three, four, one, two, and three, and four, and one. It's yeah. just, I don't know, just something like clicked and I like had an out of body moment. I already like, had it in you. Yeah, you know, it just, just brought, brought it out. things clicked and I was like, oh shit. And then, then I was like, oh shit, I'm making music. And that's really cool. And I so really want to do this the, all so the, the fucking time. The acting time. thing was the same so, feeling. But the acting was the same thing. It was, right. it was, oh, okay, I like this. I feel comfortable with it. I feel like I have a, a, a base of understanding right. of how to go about it. Um, it just, I was like, oh shit, all the like playing quote unquote that I did like as a kid, it's the same thing. You just like bring it in. It's just a puzzle you have to solve. Yeah. Right. Cool. Let me talk about the actual, uh, well, so other definitions of this. I mean, Natalie Portman, I was doing some Googling, you know, she sees acting as an exercise in empathy. She says, Mm -hmm. what is empathy? Just to educate the ability to understand and share the feelings of others. Right. That's what we mentioned last, last segment, but. What do you think about that? Do you think there's any like deeper meeting and or conveyance to the audience? Yeah, I would say so. There, so you hear a lot of people talk about acting and they say things like, oh, he's full of shit. He's an actor. Um, it's a complete misrepresentation of the art form in that as, as the actor, what you're trying to find is truth above all. You're trying to find the truth of the character, the truth of their motivation, um, how that drives the truth of the scene, the... You want to be truthfully living the circumstance that you're in, mm-hmm. um, and those are the best performances. The people that are in it. So you, and you, you think method acting is one of the strongest ways to, to no? Do about that? I think it's just the way that someone does their prep. 
Um, because there, there are people that will bounce right out, but they'll be just as far into it once they click that, right, right. So you flip that switch. This is just an actor that feels, uh, an artist that feels the way that they're going to get the most out of it is that if they, if they're living it, if they're seeped in it. What is the what's the uh, biggest misinterpretation? Um, you know, is that a word? Is misinterpretation? <laughs> no, I don't think that's a word. Meaning, what like what I are like some what are some misrepresentation? <laughs> what are some like actor. stereotypes of actors or things that people just get wrong or they assume about actors that just aren't true? Full of shit for one. Um, that but then again, a lot of, of them are full of shit. Yeah, I would um, say. Yeah, and acting is a very big industry. Yeah, so, yeah. no, you're gonna get the whole gamut over there. There's so many different types. of All people weirdos. In right. it. Yeah. You, you get morons, you get really cool people, you get really smart people, you get really lame people. You get assholes, you get really empathetic, nice guys. You think there's a lot Girls, less women. assholes than people think? Um, or, or would you say that profession in general is more asshole-ish? I think it's a it? different type of asshole. I feel like when you first start off, it's a little humbling because you're fucking no one when you're first starting out. Um, or I don't know what is beyond that because I'm still... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say how many people do become something. Yeah. Um, a low percentage. Basically, how many like when I hear asshole, I'm thinking like douchebag type of asshole. Yeah, right. I'm not really thinking of like, hey, like snapping at the waiter. Right, like, right. no, I'm okay with know. that. Yeah, give me another. Yeah. Uh, give me another <laughs> okay. negative stereotype. That's um, true. That's true. I don't know. Are actors smart? Yeah, I was gonna say that. <laughs> Not the smartest group. It depends. It requires a different type of intelligence. There's an emotional intelligence involved. Right. Um, but, I mean, I think the really good actors tend to be Smarter. pretty smart. I, it's very few times that I see someone that's like a really good actor and it's like, wow, they're a fucking moron. Yeah. <laughs> like, All right. So let me ask you yeah. about um, William Esper, from pronouncing that correctly. Yeah. Acting school. Just, I'm just curious. What does that look like? What, what are your classes? Yeah, like, what, do you, what do you do? Yeah. Um, so you know what I'm picturing? Like Victorious, you know, it's like a music school. Yeah, right. Like, just school. fucked around these guys. <laughs> right. A little bit. Um, <laughs> Not too far off. Day to day classes. Like, what was your what was your I'll schedule? Give, I'll give you my routine for. What was your schedule? What, what, what classes? Were you schedule taking? was nine to one. No, what classes were you taking? Yeah, um, oh. nine to one was um, acting. Just like <laughs> the class. <Okay. laughs> then there was, Everything else is lunch. We <laughs> <laughs> just said nine to eleven acting. One to two acting. <laughs> um, <laughs> the classes after that I had were voice and speech, cool. and that's more of like the physical craft, uh, the physical aspect of things. That's where you um, do unique New York. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's where you work on accent work and learning how to properly project your voice and move into your deeper registers and um, right. and then there's the movement side of things in the class movement so you're learning how to uh, just like the different kinospheres of the body is like one of the things that we did mm-hmm. um, nice Dave was just doing a crazy old dance yeah, yeah it's just like Getting you in touch with your body because if you're going to be doing an old man, you got to right. like be able to contort your body to be right physically. Yeah. Old. Right. All right, yeah. let me talk about. It. I'm going to break okay. it down to like different different parts of the acting craft, and I just want to get your like not rapid fire, but like your your gut uh, reaction to it or how you approached it. Right. So first of all, creating a character. Right. So you talk about really doing the research, like putting a thoughtful uh, something relatable, really, into yeah. that character. So just talk about like building your character. Um. Well, I hate to give you fire. No, not rapid fire. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. I don't understand how that's long fire. No, no, it's good. Um, Talk I, about like developing a character. What is that? Developing a character. Okay, so I mean, there's a lot of different ways that you can go by it. I mean, there's usually some sort of 
floor that you have to work off of, some sort of base. Um, if you're doing an Elizabethan era play, then you know that you have to base physical and vocal aspects off the demeanor of the time. Right. What are they wearing? So how does that so make like them hi- sit? History, like there's the history. There's to, that for history, uh, and then there's just like making a character out of thin air, right. almost. I mean, like you have the script, which is it's your bible. You you see the way the person talks. You're fi- you're looking for their motivation. What do they want in it? So then you're right. you're trying to get what you want and you're using this language, and you're in. Whatever scene you're in, you're also it's, probably it's creating a backstory. The director, the I guess, could give you a lot of leeway on a character, or very little leeway, either or. Yeah, you, nor, you bring what you have in. Let's just say, like, you have the part, and like, you can just do it. You you do it, and then the director would theoretically, you know, aim you in a way that they think it's gonna meld better with the. The script overall. The script. Yeah, Let me ask you, story. how much how much of it is up to you to create a backstory? To say, okay, I'm coming into this script, but what happened before that affected this response or how we, the context behind it? I mean, you can have somewhat free roam as long as what you think up isn't directly uh, contradicted right, in the that. script. You can think of, you can build whatever you want to help build that character. There right. are certain times when, you know, you might work with a director because right. it, it'll be relevant to their telling of the story as well, but... Yeah, if it doesn't contradict the script, do what the fuck you want. I feel like that's why directors love working with similar actors. Um, like Tarantino always has uh, Brad Pitt's always in his movies. Because um, they're similar? Jackson. Samuel Jackson. Because, no, they just vibe well. They, oh. they get each other. Like, yeah. Tarantino will write, you know, the whole, uh, or start directing. And those actors know him so well and know their character so well that they will be on the same page like, right. right from the start. Got it. I think, I don't know. Yeah, um, he, he's a hell of a fucking writer. Um, so it's like, it'd be a privilege to work on sort of a script like that in that sort of setting. And mm-hmm. he knows how to get a lot of it out of his actors. And all the actors that he has, has had um, in interviews and stuff will talk about how like you just got to like buy in. The, the right. script is your Bible and just, yeah. Um, you mentioned Samuel L. Jackson. So I want to mention just voice, right? Voice and character. Um, Samuel Jackson had a speech impediment. He was a stu- he, he stuttered wow. so badly that it made him stop talking altogether for almost a year. Right? How, you know how old he was? I don't know how old he was. I'm yeah. assuming as a kid, right? Yeah, but like but um, but talk about like childhood experiences actually like informing your approach to a character. You know your life experiences. How do you bring that to the table? Um, nor- from a physical side of things, there's only so much I can do, um, but. From the mental and emotional aspects of things, I think back on to experiences that I've had and I try and bridge that as close as possible to what the scene has. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a time when I had a scene where my mother has recently passed and I'm sending Shiva, but my mother didn't pass and I didn't really have any deaths in the family to think of mm-hmm. to, to really draw from. Right. So I had to like, you know, make weird squiggly parallels to try and get there. Have you ever seen, um, I think College Humor put out a video. This is with James and Dave Franco, who James called Davey. Are you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And it's fucking hysterical. It's, it, they're talking about um, how, to, how to cry. And James is kind of, this is before Dave Franco was, was in like actual movies. Um, and James is like showing him, he's like, you gotta think of our cat. Uh, our cat that died. He's like, I fucking hated that cat. And then <laughs> Dave's just like looking at him while James is like, 
crying because he's like acting and all that. So James is like, what are you doing? Shut up, Davey. And he's like, it's Dave. <laughs> One of the best videos ever. But yeah. to your point, yeah, you, I, it's, it sounds like, and I, again, I've never really been in these shoes, but you'd have to draw from something. And if it's not directly related, it's probably going to be somehow indirectly related. And- yeah. You got to find it in you somehow. You got to feel it some way. Or else way you get there. You. Let me ask yeah, you guys. Let me ask you guys about so improv, right? Improv. Now, when I yeah. think of improv in movies, at least, and you mentioned like scripts, right? And how certain actors have certain mind meld with their producers or directors that they'll know when to, when to make do improvise improvisation and when to follow a script. So my my thought process goes to like Robin Williams or Jim Carrey. Like I'd imagine Steve Carell. Steve Carell. I'd imagine. Oh, Steve Carell in the Office. Yeah, yeah especially right. 100%. I'd imagine that a good portion of like Ace Ventura was completely unscripted. Yeah, for sure. You'd be uh-huh. surprised though. Yeah, it's no, no. Yeah. You ever see the no, bloopers? You ever see the bloopers? He does a different thing in every. Yeah, but that area. could be that could have been scripted because I'm I'm listening to Office Ladies right now, and there's so many times where people write in thinking it's scripted, and they ask, "Is was this scene scripted?" Right. And the directors are that, and the writers are that. Um, Bj Bj Novak, right? right. And. Uh, uh, Mindy Kaling or whatever right. I mean, yeah. they're so the writers in that room are so funny and were so good at their jobs that most of the scenes that seem so natural and improv were actually written out really and it's crazy like how so yeah, talk to me about the uh, like the actual process of, of like improv like how do you have you done it or like is that not another thing I mean yeah, Dave before I've, that tell us some of your like acting yeah experiences background. yeah exactly so I've worked on a on a few short films back like um, I, w- I went to New York Fil- Film Academy and my older brother went to New York Film Academy he did it for the directing and writing I went for acting uh, a few years later um, through him though I met all of his classmates that you know were there for directing and they needed people to be in their short films so I ended up being in like all oh, of their like short that, films like um, so that gave me like most of my experience um, what were the styles that you did? Misan sends basically like quick like it's the sh- quickest one was 30 seconds and the longest one is like 5 minutes or the longest one I did was 10 15 mm-hmm. somewhere so there. skits mostly yeah right. kind of uh-huh. um, okay. was improv sorry I, I, I'm an outsider <laughs> but um so improv is that was that any part of your experience to some degree yeah a lot of it's also scripted mm-hmm. and you have to follow the script if that's what the director wants to do um but you know, there were there were times when there was off the cuff uh, language or um, the way that we did things. It was, yeah. So, <laughs> sorry, I just need to get some gummies. Yeah, yeah, I'm listening. <laughs> yeah. Needed both hands. <laughs> look, look, the Scandinavian Swedish fish oh, sour shit. Top five. No, so. but listen. Yeah. What's your What's your mental process in in creating an improv skit? Improv is you just have to you have to. Fully invest and just go along with it. You don't. It's a train and it's moving on the tracks and you gotta just keep it on the I fucking like rails. Like it's on the rails. Don't don't, don't derail the scene. You know? I have the utmost respect for for people that do things off the cuff because it is. Um, I think it's so difficult. Like even even doing this podcast is which. Most of it is not really that – at least from my end, I don't do much of the scripting or anything like that. So it's just off the cuff. Mm-hmm. But we know the topic's coming into it. Let me like just these tell you guys, my experience on When somebody in the crowd just fucking shouts out something, I, how do you go. go with that? Let me tell you something. Yeah. If I if – we, if, we, um, if we won podcast, just don't make a script. 
I'm gonna see what I sound like because I'm very scripted. Yeah, no, I, I, think, prepare, I think I do okay. Because I prepare. I'm not that spontaneous. I mean, none of it's scripted. What? <laughs> uh, okay, so David, I want to hear about the last part of this, which is the actual business side, right? Yeah. So talk about just like the industry of acting. How many people are in this industry? And how many actually make it? That's my. I question. can't speak to it all that much because I really only went so far with it. But there are hundreds of thousands of people. Wow. Um, New York and L.A. New York and L.A. are the two major spots. Um, Atlanta has been picking up a lot right, Georgia, because of their right. own um, production like incentive, incentives. Right. Um, What's the success rate? What's yeah. It? Oh, success rate is like 1%. Really? Yeah. So it's, it's crazy cause you, because you're going into that knowing you're probably not going to make it. Yeah. Well, the, well yeah, I guess that, that's not the mindset probably. Well, listen, so, so you, what do you consider yeah. success? Right. That's what I was about to For say. For some people, it's – I very content working at my neighborhood theater right. and we put on shows three times a month and it's I'm getting to act I'm doing what I enjoy I'm successful is it a hobby at that point is it it doesn't have to be well let me ask you how, what percent no, of actors is it's, it's not your career like, yeah it's like, a hobby yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. almost everybody that goes into acting is not gonna make a career yeah, out of that. Okay, so exactly. I'm gonna compare yeah. this to we had a, the, a girls from a fashion brand Tibby a couple podcasts ago they mentioned the the modeling world. Episode mm-hmm. 23, I right? believe. Check it out. Episode 23, perhaps. 23, um, with, two, with Ginger, Lauren, ago. and Shanta. That'd be three. Um, but they were mentioning the model modeling industry, and we were saying, oh, you know, these girls probably kill it, Victoria's Secret models. And they're like, you don't realize how many types of models there are. Hand models, econ models. And they're all yeah. making a living, right? So I'm curious, the guys who... The guys who make it in my mind as actors, how what percent actually make enough money to, to you know to survive? Like normal salary, how many? Right, like one commercial ain't gonna make it for you. Right, turns on the commercial. That that Verizon guy who's now a Sprint no, guy. For sure. He, well, he has uh, that one commercial. He has a whole, whole series. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, how many how many actually it, could do this yeah. as a full time job without living on ramen noodles? I wish Bro. I could give you a legit number. I can't. What do you think? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Like. Half a percent or one percent wow. are probably people that are making are like anybody's sixty k or over. I mean, I equate it almost to making the NBA. Yeah, it's like yeah. that hard. But what yeah. what draws yeah. people to it? like the fame, the glitz and glamour, and all that? I mean, it depends on the person. I couldn't give a shit about glitz or glamour. Mm-hmm. I don't like. I'd rather be able to go to a restaurant and not have to, you know, have that be any any kind of awkward right. Right. or more than it already is. Um, <laughs> or ordering. Why is it awkward? <laughs> ordering is difficult. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it totally depends on the person. Um, okay, so let's let's. You mentioned yeah, have, any of, have any of your classmates had a semi-successful career? Yeah, one of my classmates is actually on the show Rami. I don't know it. I don't know. It just cool. won. It just won a gold. Let me ask you, all-time favorite film on Hulu. All-time favorite Could film. Nice. Okay. All-time favorite film. Um, and why? There's so many though. Give us, you can't yeah, knock me down to one. Give us a one. list. Give us any. Top, I, okay, the the Lord of the Rings trilogy. It's a trilogy. Okay, so I'm not one. accepting a single movie. <laughs> right. That's, right. That's, that 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 only one. counts as one. Yeah. Why Why is that your pick? I love the story. I love Lord of the Rings. I love fantasy. I love swords and shields and all okay, that I shit. Lo- I love fantasy. Also, I fell asleep in it. Wow. It just—it was so long. It was is so there long. long movies? Let me ask you something. Let me ask you. This is this is something that I never understood. How do you approach right? You're you're a producer. You're a storyteller, right? You're making the story. How do you okay. approach that? What makes a good wait, wait, story? Wait, wait. Before we get that, because that is amazing. Two. <laughs> one that, other two questions. Oh, okay. Uh, 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 two uh, two saving Private Ryan. Okay, I see that. Classic. Yeah. Classic. 
love history, love World War history. Um, you see 1917? I did see 1917. I like that. I went on a big World War I kick before that, so it was Dude, really cool Dude, I think cool World War I is so, it's under, so cool. underutilized it's as a, as cool a media. Cool is a terrible word to use. Yeah, no, it, it, it's, it's a fucking hundred years ago. Yeah. How crazy is that? World yeah. I was a hundred years ago, and the war was changing. I, I, I don't know we got history, but war was changing literally during the war. Like, they, they started out with fucking, like, swords and shit and, like, <laughs> horses – and by the end, they were fighting with uh, in the air with planes. Yeah, right? the French had cavalry. I don't know if that's end, were so is that accurate. I might have made that up. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick, your favorite, your top, your top, uh, top two. Wait, I, I'll give I'll give my top three once Steve. Okay. okay. Uh, Last one. Oh, this one I'm on the spot for. Um, I'm just gonna throw Perks of Being a Wallflower out there because I don't know. Oh, well, I haven't seen it. What's it about? It's a good movie. I haven't seen it. It's a good it. movie. Um, it better be. It's top three. <laughs> okay. Well, let me ask you. Everything you said wasn't about this, like the the way the movie was made, or like the the characters or the script. It was more like topics. Cin- like what makes no, a great movie to you? It's everything. It's the acting. No, it's the cinematography. You chose a, a, a two hundred oh, more movies, items. right? Okay. And, and you chose Shane right. So, so why, right? The performances, um, the characters, the way it's shot. Um, Steven Spielberg does an amazing job of making you feel like you're in the, you know, be on the, the beaches of Normandy. Yeah. Right. Um, the characters, I mean, I, you like, when the medic is dying, spoiler, sorry. <laughs> if um, you didn't see it, you had to see it. It's so fucking heartbreaking. Tom Hanks' character, and you're like, what, what did he do f- before the war? And you're like, I don't fucking know. And you're waiting, <laughs> yeah. and then you learn, and then you're like, ah! Dick, your so number good. one, your number one favorite. So my my top three because yeah. I like David is very difficult, especially with with um, so many genres. Yep, I have to pick a top one. Let me um, guess. Let me guess. One of yours, Inglorious Bastards. Yes, yeah, Inglorious yeah. Bastards. I, that's my favorite Tarantino film. One of my favorite films in general. Um, Shutter Island. Okay. Another uh, thriller. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say Glorious Bastards is really a thriller. It's like no, a no, comedy. No, no, Shutter but, Islands. Oh, thriller. yeah, big time, yeah. big time. And I like the little twist at the end. Right. All right, don't spoil that. Spoiler one. just twist. No, no, no. There's a twist at the end. Okay, okay. Um, you wouldn't, uh, unless you're Mr. Goldberg, my uh, a Goldman, my uh, tenth grade tenth grade teacher, teacher. who yeah. fucking I'm telling, I'm so pumped about this movie. I'm telling the whole the on like the beginning of the plot, and there's a crazy twist. He's like, oh, blah blah blah. He says uh, he says the twist. I'm like, I did the how same the thing. fuck do you know that? I did the same thing. <laughs> okay, you ruined it for me. Anyways, not a good move. Anyways, yeah. um, so those two, and then a uh, Whiplash. Yes, so Whiplash. Good. What's it was about? so good. Miles Teller plays a an aspiring drummer with J.K. Simmons as his. Um, uh, Music direct, uh, what's it called? The uh, composer, com- conductor, yeah, um, tr- pushing him to like the, tempo. pushing him to the uh, the brink, and it has some of the most. If you like jazz, for sure, watch it. But it has some of the craziest, like emotion, uh, involved into what it takes to be the best. Mm-hmm. Like there's one part of the movie where he literally breaks up with his girlfriend because he knows she's gonna stop him. And she's like, basically, you're saying I'm a hindrance to you. I was like, yeah, a bit cold-hearted dude. Wow. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And then, and then uh, he runs into her later. <laughs> like, as if that was going to be... And the chick goes, oh, my boyfriend's with me. I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. You missed out. But those three, yeah. Those three, I think... Let me, let me ask you guys. I what's just the told, draw? like, a whole middle scene. Yeah. What's the draw of... Uh, School of Rock is an honorable like horror movies? You like horror movies? Yeah, hate them. Really what is the hate draw? Them. Explain it to me. Why hate do them. people like to go get scared? <sighs> Louis Haber, what's your deal? Uh, no, he, I don't fucking oh, know. Louis. Actually, he loves. Yeah. He lo- actually, a pretty frightening. Uh, Louis is a freaky guy in general. Louis, I love you, but you're freaky. 
Uh, I was in eighth grade. <laughs> going into ninth grade. Ninth grade, yeah. We were in Camp Esh, which you were there, right? Yeah. Camp Esh was basically a 30-person bunk of horny little ninth grade kids who run around naked. Horny didn't need to be part of that, but for the story's <laughs> sake. Yo, there were so many naked little kids running around. Um, I don't know why I remember that. But, but what I remember, it was a rainy night. Stormy. Okay? Stormy, stormy night. night. First time ever, it was stormy. Lightning. You guys were the Magen Bunk. And you had that three-pronger. Yeah, we had a three-pronger. Okay, yeah, 30 going, kids. And it's like 2 in the morning. You want to finish the story? This is you or me. Who's in the story? This is you. This is me, right? Okay, I get them mixed up. The <laughs> um, it's okay. So it's two in the morning. The lightning is nonstop. Boom, boom, thunder, boom. And I get up to go to the bathroom, and it's pitch black in the bunk. All of a sudden, a bolt of lightning hits the bunk. <laughs> boom! The light sh- brights up, and I look and I see Louis Haber in a in a Indian cross leg position, sitting uh, up on his bed, staring at me. <laughs> I say. This might have been Mickey's story. It's not my story. But uh, Mickey's story, and he's like, hello. That's in his crazy. typical Louis style. And I'm like, holy shit, do Fuck not do that again. So, so if that's the feeling you get at a horror movie, then I don't want it. <laughs> return. There you go. Go. I, return. I'm not a big, they're, not a big they're, they're, they're creepy. I don't know. I, like, as a kid, I would get so scared, and then I'd be like, I couldn't sit in a dark room it's like you flip the switch and you run away. literally you run, run up the stairs like someone's chasing you um, yeah like it's horrible in the moment but it's like kind of fun right. so the it's only reason I, yeah. the only reason I ever watched horror movies was to be cool straight up cause yeah. I, I thought if I didn't get, if I made it like I wasn't scared of them right. and, and this is only like when I was 8 to 12 years old um, cause now I could not give a shit. I won't watch a scary movie. Even if all my friends are going, fuck you guys. Enjoy right. yourselves. I'm staying home watching a funny movie. But, um, uh, I remember that was the only reason to do it. That's so funny. And I literally tortured so myself. So now do you, I remember do the like- wrong turn. It scared the shit out of me, but I thought <laughs> I was cool if I watched it. So Terrible now idea. and now do you movies. care? Oh, I care zero to watch wow. scary movies. Zero. Wow. Oh, interesting. I don't even- we spoke about, oh, let me ask you guys final, yeah. final question on acting. Your favorite actor. Who is it? Oh, give it to me. Daniel Day Lewis. Ooh. Lincoln. Yeah, it's a very it's a very stereotypical answer. What do you got? Um Ooh, I didn't really think about this. I I don't go I don't think I have to go that deep. But um I would say Robert Downey Jr. has like turned his career around completely yeah. from early early times. But some of his like Charlie Bartlett. Charlie he was fantastic in Charlie Bartlett. Yes, like that, he was. Like everyone knows him from Avengers and shit like that, but he had some really, really good roles. Him. I um, like uh, my guys yeah. are Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin. Joaquin. What's he, he knows him so well. He calls him Joaquin. No, because Joaquin. No, and and uh, and I like Leo. Leo. Leo's great. He's great. He's I mean, him. I fell in love with him at. Uh, after Titanic. Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street. And he, his performance in that was incredible. And to, incredible. to think, he just he finally won an Oscar for the first time last year. Was that what, I think it was like, last year. With the bear it, thing? No, it was more Reverend, than... I don't know. Where it was, was like 2016, yeah. I think. Dude, time is... I need it, to... Time Jamie, is Let me ask you both of you guys. You guys are both performers, right? Deal stock, acting, music, etc. So talk about, talk about performing. Talk about performing. And performing a live audience, right? How do you yeah. approach that? Like, how do you feel oh. the energy of the, of, the, uh, of the audience? Like, give me that. Oh, it's such a rush. So... One of the and this is not you think like I've been on stage plenty of times or I've been the front man uh, at a, at a, one of the shows. The most like nerves and and attention I ever got was an Olympic lifting competition. Wow. So something completely hey. different. 
Um, I got up there, and my, the weights I was lifting, the, the goal is to lift as much weight as overhead. The weights I was lifting in comparison to the other lifters was... Nothing. Uh, thanks, thanks, Bones. I appreciate <laughs> it. I was going to say, like, I won the... Uh, no, oh, was, really? No, it was really low. Because right. I, I was like, pretty much just starting out. I, when I got up to the bar to lift in my turn... It was surreal. Like I'm, I went numb. My body went numb. Wow. So you don't want to do it when it's you're pretty, lifting weights. Pretty dangerous. <laughs> you don't want to do it. Don't do it. But you see the whole crowd. There's there's a hundred people just staring at you. I don't even know how. It was it was a packed out. It was, the room was full, right. and everybody's quiet, waiting for you to go up there it's and you. lift the it's bar. Only you. And if you fuck up, you're just embarrassed in front of everybody. Right. I mean, it, they they nobody views it like that. But you kind of see how many people in that room. Over hundred for sure. Wow. For sure. There were there were probably a hundred competitors. So it's more, more, more than that. But but um, you hit the you hit it, yeah. you hit the lift, and then you and there's like the, it's this adrenaline rush that you right. cannot replicate right. unless you're in that situation. Better again. than sex. So I, I don't know what sex is, but, um, <laughs> but it was it was uh, yeah yeah. Give me that best but, moment, Dave. Was it? It's got to be Masada, right? But but you're no. talking about any performance. Any no, performance. they're all fucking awesome, man. They're all awesome. When you're pounding away, like... Guys ever bomb? Ever have a bad experience? Yeah, terrible. We did a we did a gig on uh, Staten Island at like some college on Staten Island. I can't even remember the one. <laughs> and they told us that they were gonna have everything that we needed. So I show up and there's no throne. And as a drummer, as a drummer, it's a throne. Literally the, the seat, seat. The seat. There was no there's seat. No I would have to play up. standing up. <laughs> right. I had Are to borrow. Did you borrow a stool or something? I borrowed someone's stool. Uh, uh, throne. Uh, as a drummer, unless you're touring, you generally don't bring your own equipment. Uh, really? Yeah. You're limited. Maybe you, uh, cymbals or something. They, they usually tell you the uh, backline of the of the yeah, set. Yeah, exactly. But I guess they they said they had everything and they didn't have it. They said they had everything set for us. There was fucking nothing. <laughs> and then on top of it, the drums were like. Creeping forward, which <laughs> I terrible. Play, I played with moving drums before. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's you, know, you have to be active before that and have and be fit. He's walking when they're sliding. I swear, I swear, if they don't put it in probably with either a mat or something, you're it's going you're. Flying. I remember telling the guitarist to slide the the bass drum back to me because it was going too far forward. Crowd surfing with the drums. Oh my god. Um. So like, so that was a that was a bomb experience. Yeah, I played like shit. We right, tried right, playing right. a song that was like, get way too hard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. Never get booed? No, Dick, what was your uh, bomb uh, experience? I don't have a bomb experience. I have, we practiced for this show that was actually was trying to replicate deal stock. And we got there and the only people there were the other performers. Oh. And we're yeah, like, no shows. which could be fun, but they set the whole, it was a whole fucking backyard. It was big space. Jeez. And it's fine in a bar. When you, when there's like room for twenty people, Wait, what, and, what was this performance? Uh, I don't want to throw the, right, the, sorry, the okay. thing under the bus, right, but right. it was we played and the se- nobody pretty much okay. the sound they didn't give a shit because nobody was there, so like everything was just not good. And we really we worked hard for the set. We were very proud of it, and we got nothing to show for it. I guess it was cool that we did it ourselves, and right. that's like you we always fall back on. But like we were really excited to show people like a different. Uh, genre almost like, uh, but nobody was there. So you ever know. like, you ever do the whole like play like you have like a whole crowd watching even when it's like just you guys? Oh sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. in the jam, like jam, yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, those are some of the funnest times actually. Like, Absolutely. Like when you just get in the, you're just jamming, and especially if, if you, not even necessarily jamming to a, a actual song, if I could just improving it, it's and everyone's in sync. 
which you have to kind of know the musicians pretty well or everyone has to be really good. But when you get in sync, it's another feeling. It's like everyone just like locked in. Yeah. It's cool. It, yeah. Let me ask you guys. We spoke it's about... It's like throwing the perfect behind the back pass to a guy yeah, that's about to that. We spoke about music. We spoke about acting, performing, art in general. Uh, Dick and I, and I think Dave also, we just went to the, yeah. the, the modern... Yeah, uh, MoMA. What was it? The um, Museum, Museum of Modern, modern Art. Very cool. So talk to me just about arts in general. And let me preface by saying that how much, how much value does, this, does our society place on art? And especially as a young kid developing that skill, I would call it, of art. And, you know, in, in the form of, let me ask you the question, which is average starting salary for college, for college graduates of which, which major, right? Music, drama, art, art history. It's the highest. All of them, thir- around $35,000 a year. I was going to say negative. They have to pay back yeah. their debt. They don't make yeah, any money. Yeah, yeah. Average starting salary for chemical engineering, which is the first, double that, 70000 Right, top ten jobs or from the majors, right, are all the types of engineering. So computer engineering, electrical engineering, mechanical engineering, aerospace engineering, industrial engineering, all of them are in the top ten. So talk about this, the value that society places on on the arts. Time out, time out. Yeah. Let's get a little, little perspective here. A little perspective. We we only art is a luxury. When you're in famine and and and, and poverty what gets cut first the arts well you can make an argument maybe that shouldn't be because it keeps people morale up but you need engineers you fucking need engineers to keep the world okay world but we're talking you, so you a, spoke about the a, fact it's a supply and demand but you spoke about the saying. fact that the humans the human race advanced faster because of music so no I agree on that and the fact that people who can speak can now speak because of music There's and the fact that it gets people that gets people past so many challenges yeah, in their life true, that's true also isn't there value that should be placed monetarily on this on this thing that we have this tool you mentioned tools right is a tool, just like engineering. It depends on what type of art you want to talk about because all these things around us, this is art right here. There's yeah. a monetization pillow, yeah. to it, the pillow. Yeah. Um, so if you're talking about a like- web designer, a, right? a web designer is an artist, a graphic designer. Um, it's when you get into the things that, don't, that aren't necessarily tangible or right. affect us directly in the workforce or in what our day-to-day activities, like these items, then right. Then, like Richie was saying, like Dick was saying, Dick. you have to. <laughs> <laughs> you have to go out and actually get those things, and then it's a supply and demand issue. Dick so finishes so off. many yeah. nights. So I mean, they mentioned mechanical engineering, electrical engineering. There's definitely an art to it as well. Of course, yeah. like every car is beautiful in its own way. Unless yeah, it's like, I'm not knocking en- uh, engineering. I'm just saying. No, but you're saying it's we, underrated. We're saying you're, you're placing, but, but but there's not a lack of art in engineering. Right. The major art is maybe lacking right. because there's literally no application outside of it. <laughs> right. But there is application to a lot of other majors right. that that have art involved in it. It's a direct as opposed to like an abstract yeah. application. If you're, let me ask you the final question. If you're running the education system, what are you changing, if anything? And we got a little siren in the background. Yeah, right? you're, you're, if you're watching this in your car, you're not getting not, arrested. <laughs> exactly. I mean, maybe you are. Maybe you're possible. Slow look, down. Look behind you. Slow down. Okay, Dave, you're, you're the principal. Ten and two. You're the, Ten principal, and two. You're the principal of, uh, of a high school. Or you're the director of an edu- uh, educational system. What are you changing? I don't know how this relates to acting, but I'm interested to hear your question. Okay. <laughs> Arts, and, you know, when it comes to the curriculum. What type of school? Are we putting me in Flappish right now? <laughs> sure, sure. Any right? school, any high school. Well, no, uh, uh, general... Uh, public school, school yeah. I think at the very least you need to have a class it's so it's so cliche at this point the life education. class right life class 
and sex <laughs> <laughs> um, Fantastic quote unquote life Great class. show on Netflix, yeah. Okay, yeah. People need to know how to do their taxes. <laughs> right. like, oh, yeah, I'm like, I'm you sad. need to educate people on I'm, how to, like... I love the meme. I don't know how to do yeah. my taxes, but I can definitely tell you... Uh, <laughs> Solve for X. Or yeah, yeah, no, I, no, I can definitely do... Uh, do um, Tell you what the tangent uh, <laughs> right. of the cosine shit is. I don't know. I, I can't even tell you that, honestly. So you would add a life class and... Uh, I'm proper sexual education. Proper sexual education. Dick, what would you add? I would add... Um, yeah, those two, I think. But I would add, and, and this is like a mandatory um, elective that you would have to take one of... It's not an elective. Man. No, no, you get to choose. You get, <laughs> you get to choose. You get to choose between the electives. Yeah. Like, it's a mandatory block, but you could choose which one you want. Yeah. Between... Like music, there acting. I was trying to get this back to art, and drawing. Music and arts. Yeah, no, you said, uh, finances, which I agree with, but give me the art. I think I think thing. one it could be. It's a, it, you, kids need an outlet, like, especially high school kids. They need an outlet in some way, and not everybody has like let's say a sport or something else to do. Like when I, I don't know if they still have this, but and I wouldn't have this in our school, but I wish like we had something like wood shop or something like yeah. that. Yeah, like that would have been fucking sick. We're working. That that's you're learning a skill first off that I think carries on later in life, but. You're also learning how to create things and, and like create physically creating something with your hands is like is one of the coolest feelings ever. All right. With that, President Bones will uh, install – well, Dick will install this in his next uh, campaign. We're going to go on a little musical break and then we'll be back with the Big Takes activity. I'm not gonna get this wrong this time. Welcome back to Big Takes with Dick and Bones, episode number 26. We're back with our favorite guest of the night, <laughs> David Azar. I was like, why back in the booth. Everybody under the bus right now. <laughs> of the night. Well, so you're better than Brian Windhorse. You're better than Brian Windhorse. Yeah, um, I, I would agree. I would agree. <laughs> you agree with that? Okay. Uh, we're gonna go into the famous, the fabulous Big Takes activity. Oh, yes. Here we go. yes. Everyone comes. You come for they the come candy. come for the candy. They the stay content. for the activity. They stay for the activity. Um, side note, while we mentioned candy, Trader Joe's killed it with the Scandinavian Ooh, top uh, five. fish. Top five, for Did sure. Did not kill it with the frozen acai bowl ready to eat. Not that good. Next. One by everyone's rules. One by everyone's rules. If you don't get granola, it's like a 2.1. If you get some granola, it's like a 4.8. Granola makes everything better. Yeah. Dave, before going to activity, you were uh, giving us the pleasure of listening to you do um, some verbal, vocal... Um, uh, nice. Things with your mouth. Warm-ups, so, warm-ups. warm-ups. Right. So give me with some. Uh, give me some. Give me some examples. All right. Well, first one. Um, you guys haven't seen this. The. Uh... <laughs> Wait. Oh man. You gotta I, get a close-up of that. Translate, but it's fantastic. <laughs> He's holding his his jaw. So you loosen the jaw, and you shake it as you like exhale, a, like a turkey. Yeah. Uh, don't go. <laughs> wow. All right, give me the Peter Piper. Uh, the point is to keep the jaw loose. The, I don't know the Peter Piper. Just give Piper. me something you said before. Peter Piper picked the pack of pickled peppers. Um, no, do the, do the, the butt the hole. Tease, the tease. All right. Um, Betty Botta bought some go. butter, but said she this butter's bitter. If I put it in my batter, it will make my batter bitter. Wow. <laughs> you know what I just so she that? bought a bit of what butter better than the other butter, and it made her bitter batter better. 
Yeah. Round of applause. Okay. Yeah. You know what? I'm, I'm going to have a hoot with that playing on two times speed <laughs> later. Just, just over and over again. Do it two times speed right now. Okay, let's up, know, ladies I, and gents. Before we get into the activity, last yeah. question on acting, yeah. which was we, we finished a while ago, but how hard is it to remember lines? Because I, I feel like for, for me, like a three-minute script of continuous dialogue, well, that's a lot of words. You, uh, you do the work. Memorize it. <laughs> um, Tonight's activity, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, is called Mad Not Libs. that amazing. Not that amazing. Dave <laughs> takes Mad Lib Theater. If oh, you recall, shit. we that did was... this with Mickey and Jeff. And As a viewer, probably sucked. The viewer is us, terrible. I, I peed my pants. The viewer is terrible. For us, it was amazing. So what do we do? We bring in a professional actor to plan it out and to play it out for our audience. So hopefully they get an actual Yeah, you probably won't break down in the middle like I did. Okay. So tonight we, we're we doing we Mad Libs. Back. So it's Mad Libs. I'm just going to go back and forth with you guys. I'm going to ask you for like an adjective, noun, etc. And then we're going to do a, don't cheat. Oh, okay. Don't cheat. <laughs> uh, we're going to do a performance at the end of it. Okay, ready? Okay. So I got my handy dandy laptop oh, out. Oh, crazy. And we're going to start, we're going to start it easy with Dick. What's the sound a bird makes? Um, baka! How do you spell baka? <laughs> <laughs> you can't really spell it for a sound. Okay, Dave, a number. Nine. Well, Nine, excellent so, number. Sorry about that for Okay, time. Dick, a fictional place. Um, Cthulhu Island. Cthulhu Island. Okay. Is that a real place? I felt like uh, Dave, place. give me a silly word. Swarmy. I like swarmy. Oh, shit, that's super silly. Okay, Dick, this is hard. Give yeah. me a combination of syllables that no one has ever said before. Oh. Um, Blucagon. Blue ka gone. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's like a Pokemon almost. <laughs> okay, got it. I put a big K in the middle of it. Okay, Dick. Uh, um, I mean, Dave. First name. Dave. Good. Okay, <laughs> that works. Just telling the story like that. Okay. Um, real acting on that. Dick, one. give me the weird, the, the full name of the weirdest teacher you've ever had. Weirdest teacher. Yep. Um, I don't fucking remember their names to be honest. Give me, um, give me a weird teacher. Give me that math teacher that had the big ass. Arbusfeld. No, oh, Bloomberg. Bloomberg. <laughs> what, was her, what was her name? Uh, I don't know. Marsha Bloomberg. Make, make it up, make it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Marsha? Michaela Bloomberg. Blo- <laughs> Blo- I've got Marsha. Bloomberg. Bloomberg. Marsha's Marcia already Bloomberg. in there. Marsha Bloomberg. Okay. <laughs> Very good. Okay, Dave, amount of time. Four, twi- four minutes, 25 seconds. Okay, 25 seconds. Okay, here we go. Um, Dick, give me us the scariest thing you'd see at a zoo. Oh, I um, I would say, gotta go fast. On this monkey, case. monkey throwing shit. Monkey. Okay. Or just a scary monkey. Okay, sure, sure. Okay, monkeys. Uh, Dave, give me a verb ending in ing. Skating. Skate. Skating. Got it. Okay, Dick, give me a, give me an adjective. Um. Sexy. Sexy. Here we go. <laughs> this is like now we're eight, amping eight, it up. Eight year old me making. Okay, mad Dave. <laughs> plural medical device that could save your life. Plural medical device. <laughs> face mask. A plumbus. Face mask. Okay, plural. Okay, Dick. Give me a thing that you wouldn't want to hear your waiter say. Um. Don't put that in there. Okay. Say it like that also. Got it. Okay. Here we go. 
Um, Dave, give me a number. You said, here we go, we have 15 more things. Seven. Oh, this activity is going to be... Seven. This is the longest episode Okay, Dave, give me a chain restaurant. Um, and an out burger. Okay. Give me, Dave, give me an event that you celebrate. Kwanzaa. Do you know? <laughs> Somebody does. Okay, Dick, a, a something you'd hide if a guest came to your house. Oh. Or, or your apartment. Definitely my, my, uh, my dildo collection. Okay. <laughs> That's great. Okay, here we go. We're going faster now. Dave, the last thing you watched on your phone. I don't know. Um, you good. Get, both of you can jump in in there. <laughs> Any, whoever goes first. Um, what did I watch on my phone lately? Uh, uh, bon Appetit um, night, Knife Skills. It was really like restaurant tips, whatever. So. Okay, Dave, though. a celebrity. Come on. Dave's, Dave's, Dave's firing also. There we like, go. <laughs> High efficiency. <laughs> what do you got? Jennifer Aniston. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and Dick, give me a verb. Um... Come on, guys. <laughs> Come on. There's so many options. Come on. Um, Anything. Uh, I, I want to know the context so bad. No, so just say, say a verb. Like say a good All right, one. we're about to quit this game. Um, um, <laughs> what is it? I got one, I got one, I got one, I got one. Whoever jumps in. Whoever uh, jumps in first. I don't even remember the question. Verb. Verb. <laughs> Bird. <laughs> Alright, I'm ready to no, try. Yeah. Uh, uh, body slamming, let's do that. Body slamming, I like that one. <laughs> you guys are so slow. <laughs> this is the important, we don't have to play the game. Okay. We gotta fix Dick, the last thing you googled. Uh, how many employees does Pornhub have? <laughs> yeah, like we that. tried to, we tried to do that. We how many employees? Well, I'm gonna do that after the show. Any viewers know how many employees Pornhub has? Okay, uh, okay Pornhub Dick, Dick Body Park. Uh, February 14th, premium. Dick Body Park. Um, 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 belly button. Navel. <laughs> okay, uh, Dave, a sound the bird makes. You, you, oh, you I, did had that too many I had that already. I had that. You did too many this is the things. last one, Baka is, is, is the answer. We're not, we're not reading a bad one, like paragraph. We're reading a novel. A novel. We're reading a fucking novel. Okay, Dave, what was your, gonna go with this what was beginning, your, beginning, middle, and end? What was your birthday wish as a kid? This is the last I three. Had a, I had a lot of birthdays. Power Rangers, Power Rangers. Okay, become a Power Ranger? Or rainbows. <laughs> you know, okay. it's like, I wish you a, a two rainbows and a okay. Power Rangers. You know, you used to this kid? No, you're not. Okay, there. here we go. Last one, Dick. Give me the name. Give me the name. No, the no, name no. A nickname for a motorcycler. Oh, uh. South Park. Two, two Wheels McGee. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last one. Two Wheels McGee. Yeah. Okay, last one, Dave. The best pickup line. <laughs> Your best pickup line. How about them it? apples? Are you from Tennessee? Because you're only in Tennessee. Sure. What do you? What's the? What's Did the it hurt line? when you fell from heaven? Let's pick up line. One liner. Suck on my balls. <laughs> Suck <laughs> on my balls. Do you want, Very you effective want with a Z or a S. Want some fun? Both. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Guys, listen up. Take out your phones because I'm going to send the script to you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The bird, the bird. I'm going to send the well, script I, to you I, and then we're going to perform it. I, I, unless, I can take my phone, actually. Give me Before we do, before we do, um, I want you guys to pick a nationality. What's your nationality? Go. Nigerian. I want to be Nigerian Indian. Girls. I want to be Indian. Indian. Okay, here we go. The scene. You have to read it in that, in that. You can voice. do whatever you want. Oh. The scene <laughs> is, and R is Rich, is uh, Dick, I should say. E is. Uh, me and D is you. Oh, yeah, that made sense. If you did two uh, D's uh, in there, it would be fucking Okay, easy. here we go. The scene is... Let me paint the scene for our audience. Right. The scene is... 
we are on a plane, and we are the airline staff. Here we go. Okay, let's do it. <clears throat> do what, wait, should I be my nationality? Do whatever you want to okay. do. <laughs> Good afternoon. This racist. <laughs> <laughs> let's go. <laughs> I'm going to do the regular voice. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome aboard. A buka is... I don't even know what that word is. Buka! I did that one. Yeah. Buka Airlines, number nine. With nonstop service to Cthulhu Island, I'm John Swarmy. And I'm Mr. Blue Kagan. And I'm Dave. But you can call me Marsha Blumberg. Now, we do apologize for the four-minute, 25-second delay. We were stalled because monkeys were skating on the runway. Oh, fuck. Before we depart on the flight, we ask that you pay attention to this sexy safety act. <laughs> I like that. That's good. Ensure all mobile devices, including smartphones, tablets, and face masks, are turned off and stowed. <laughs> if we see you suing really one, fit. suing someone, we'll kindly come up to you and say, don't put that in there. <laughs> there are seven exits on the plane. Please take a look around and locate your nearest In-N-Out burger. In the event of a Kwanzaa, a dildo will drop down oh, nice. from your seat above. Smack it in the face. Little, 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 little dildo bukkake action, am I right? In the event of a Kwanzaa. That was okay. part of the, the okay. script as well. Um, now, ladies and gentlemen, our in-flight entertainment today is Bon, App bon Appetit Knife Skills well, videos. Enjoy that. And also, a bonus documentary about Jennifer Aniston learning how to, bo learning how to body slam. There you go, I like that. See, that, that's, Wait, that's, keep the character. Keep the character. That is a true... Um, professional. Just, just professionalism. Yep. Uh, where are we at? If you have any. If you have any questions like how many employees does Pornhub have, Google it and let us know because I'm <laughs> curious. Don't hesitate to ask by raising your belly button and waving it. Now this holiday season, we at Baca Airlines hope you become a Power Ranger. Thank you for flying with Baca Airlines. And on behalf of Captain Two Wheels McGee and all of us, we say, Suck up my balls! Okay, with that, that's going to do it here. For Bay Takes, I think it's excellent, excellent job on the presentation. Pleasure to be here. That's going to do it again for Bay Takes, I think it's We want to thank special guest David Azar. David, if they want to get in touch with you for uh, acting opportunities, where should they go? Um, you can reach me at my agent's number. Um, that's my number. So if you need That's going to do it for Think and We want to thank you. We're joining. We want to ask you to like, to comment, to subscribe. We are out.